Welcome back, everybody. Happy Sunday. I hope you are well. I'm going to get right into it. I'm not someone that ever holds back. I will always give my opinion, thoughts, analysis. I'll always keep it 100. I always will use this channel in hopes to motivate, inspire, and hopefully you guys can do what is behind me here. If you're new, that says bet on you set goals one day at a time. It's something that I've talked about on this channel literally since eh, I think maybe my second video. I can't say day one if I'm being honest. So I think my first video might have been like a Taco Bell kind of little 15 seconds short. The point of this live tonight is to challenge the community. Because a lot of us go out here and we make our money and that's great. That's fine. But I think many of us aren't thinking past the moment. And when you don't think that past the moment, and I did that a lot, when you don't think past the moment, you're probably not thinking about the future. You might not be setting yourself up. In my opinion, DoorDash is a great, with a capital G, way to make money. But there's a little bit, there's an asterisk next to that word great. And I'm going to explain what that is today. And this is not an opinion. This is a fact. I told you guys I was leaving opinions out in 2022 and bringing the real to 2023 and bringing facts and bringing challenging and and analytics and trying things with my DoorDash account and showing you guys like actual stuff. And I plan to do that tonight a little bit. For me, DoorDash is a great way to make money. Asterisk next to the word great. And I think many of you talk about that and share that, excuse me, that experience. It's great. And it could be Spark for you. It could be Grubhub. It could be Instacart. It could be a different type of gig. The gig economy is vast and very big. But for me, when I say great, I mean part-time. I think it's a good way, a average way to make it full-time. I believe if all of your money is coming from the gig economy, food delivery, or rideshare, if that is 100% of your income, you will not be able to say that two years from now. Some of you will not be able to say that a month from now. Some of you will not be able to say that six months from now. If you look at the landscape of a Reddit forum, which is, eh, who knows, Facebook, content on YouTube, TikTok, what are most of the people showing you that do DoorDash and Uber? They're showing you that they do it for a short amount of time. They're showing you that they have a goal and they're working towards something. I made a TikTok the other day. Young lady's doing DoorDash to make $10,000 to move. She has a regular W-2. That's how most people do it. That's her goal, to move. Other people pay off debt. Many people do that on uh, YouTube. They talk about their journey of paying off debt. Other people are putting themselves through school. Other people are doing it because they lost a job, so they're filling a gap, right? But what I see, uh, I, I do see a lot of people that are on YouTube, on these these groups, talking about their successes, but it's, a very, it's for a very short amount of time. I don't know anybody that's done this for a long period of time and that has no goal in mind 
and that is just completely fulfilled. I don't know one person, not one. What I mean by fulfilled is they're probably working every day. They're working 40 to 60 hours a week and they're thinking that they're doing okay and they're not. They're probably missing out on a lot of things. They think the money they're making is okay. It's not. If all of your income is coming from the gig economy, food delivery apps or ride share, the bubble will burst. You will be left with very little if you're not planning for your future. That is a hard reality for some of you. And I'm going to be Paul Revere tonight. And we're going to talk. Many of you will disagree with that. Pedro, I've been in the gig economy full time for five, six years. Fantastic. At some point, you will not be able to say that forever. You can't. This type of work is not skilled. You don't need a certification. You don't need an application to get it. You don't have an HR department to try to get a raise. Many of you will, most of you will lose money year over year. Some of you will increase your earnings because you learn to adapt, multi-app, different ways to do certain things. That will not catch up with inflation. Inflation is on the rise and that trend will continue. This isn't the type of line of work where you can go to your boss and get a raise. You have to do that yourself. Some of you say we're business owners. We are not. Also, that is going to offend a lot of people. We are, you can call yourself a business owner, but we're not that in the average sense of terms. This is a food delivery and rideshare apps. This is an opportunity. I believe the people that I've seen have success with these apps are people that have done it to do something else. Some of you might even think of some YouTubers that come to mind. You like some of them, you don't like some of them. They're doing less content or no content, but they did it to build towards something else that was going to be sustainable and something that they didn't have to do eight to 10 to 12 hours a day in their car. I know I'm jumping right in, but I wanted to jump right in. Appreciate everybody for getting in here. The show will be a little bit different. I think I'm going to show some, read some things and show some things to you guys. I don't know how I've decided to do the stream yard let. That's my beginning monologue. And I want some of you to think about the people that we're thinking about that have had success in the gig economy that we've seen publicly on whatever. And it could be people even from the chat. Many people email me, text me, leave a chat. Pedro, I'm not doing it as much because I'm doing this. But DoorDash filled the gap. That is the majority. And DoorDash knows that. And that's why they do what they do to us. The people that I am, I don't know what word to use. I think worried is a bad word. Concerned is a bad word. That's what comes into my brain. The people that I think will be left to dry are the ones that are just doing this and thinking that it will always stay this way and they have no plan. They will be left with not much. Those are also the people that all they do is complain about the apps and expect and want employee recognition and employee benefits. That, I don't think, in my opinion, will happen. I don't think we'll have mass legislation across all the states. I don't think we will be in employees. I do not. That's what I got in my mind tonight. StreamYard link will be open. That's my plan for the show. I'm not sure what to expect or who to expect. What I would like, if I could ask anything of y'all, I want people to come on and disagree with me. I want somebody to slap me across the face. I want somebody to come up here and yell and scream at me and tell me, Pedro, you're crazy. I've been doing this for five or six years and I'm going to keep doing it. And every year I'll make more money because what I'll say to that person, you can come on. That could be true. 
you are the less than 1%. Most gig economy food delivery drivers and rideshare drivers are not making more money every year. That is extremely rare. So when we talk about that, we have to be cautious of who we're talking to because that's not going to be the experience. That hasn't been mine. I make money doing many other things. And I use DoorDash in a way that I think is the great way to use it. I think it is an average to good way full time. But I am challenging individuals tonight to think about what is happening around us in this country. Think about the apps. Think about what's happening, the saturation, the this, the that. And I want you to have an honest conversation with yourself in the chat or on the stream yard or tonight after you watch. Or if you click off this video right now, you can say, fuck, you'll say two things. Pedro's an idiot or he might be right. And I need to prepare now so that I'm not unprepared in six months, a year, two years, three years. This channel is about betting on you. Food delivery and rideshare, while sometimes could be unsafe and has frustrations, is a low skill job. Once again, if I'm offending you by saying that, I do what you do. So I'm offending myself. Please don't take it personal. This is a low skill job. My nephew is 15. He could do what I do. And he could do it just about equally enough to make about what I make in a week. What does that tell you about the job that we are doing if we don't have a future? Bet on you, Seckles, one day at a time. I have a ton of good videos and a ton of shitty videos on this channel about DoorDash and the gig economy. But as you know, that is what this is really about. And my hope is I two people tonight. If I if two people could tonight can go to sleep and say, fuck, you know what? I might have to think about what is my next move. I've done my job this evening. If 200 people or the 309 that are watching say, this guy's crazy. I have to unsubscribe. I've done my job in a different way as well. Because I think we have to realize what these apps really are and that the majority of us are making less money year over year. There's going to be a trend. The bubble will pop. Many of us are like those people that were getting all the houses back in the day and everybody got a line of credit. Everybody was happy. We thinking this is how it's going to be. Nope, that's not how it works. More and more people are coming to these apps, but also a lot of people are leaving. Why are they leaving? Because there's better W-2 opportunities. We'll get into an article in a moment about that. A lot of us come to these apps because we're retired. Great. A lot of people come to these apps because they're a school. They do it on the part-time. Great. These apps are intended to be opportunities, not a full-time longevity source of income. And if that is where you stand, you will fail. And that's going to hurt and offend a lot of people. But that is the truth. I'm going to stand on that. And I want you just to think about the things and the other people you watch on YouTube. Look at the trend. Think about the OG people that used to make content, not making content anymore. Not even doing DoorDash anymore. Not doing Uber anymore. Think about all the channels. Most of them have faded or will fade. That is also a microcosm of what we are seeing and hearing in Facebook groups from people that don't have YouTube channels or TikTok channels or whatever. 
this line of work is intended to be a stopgap or a means to something simple. Or, for example, my girlfriend worked today. She hadn't worked in months. She wants to buy something. She wants to pay for it with her own money. I am the 100% breadwinner for most of the things that we buy. She wants to get something. She wanted to get out of the house today. She made $87.87. She had the app on for four hours and nine minutes. Not horrible. She was active for three and a half. That is your average DoorDash driver. They turn the app on to make a quick buck if they need something to pay for. You watching right now, working 80 hours in your car, will fail at this at some point. You are not the average DoorDash driver. And your frustrations come from you not being average and DoorDash not caring about you because they know you will always be addicted to the app and keep coming back. I want more from you. Many people will not like that I'm saying these things. I'm, I'm good with that. My thing, in th- my thing in this gig community is to challenge, motivate, and inspire. We cannot do that if we're in our cars seven days a week. Now, if you fall into that group, but you're going to do this for a short amount of time or a year or two, and you have a plan, I salute you. You are a true bet on you, set goals one day at a time. My hope is that two people that are doing this and thinking it's going to be like this forever and they have no plan or no goal, I want to change your mind tonight. And I just need to, I need to hit two people tonight. That's it. And the rest of it, we'll have entertainment and we'll have some jokes and have some laughs. Sorry for the almost 15 minute or 14 minute monologue, but that's what I have on my mind tonight. I'm an extremely impassioned individual. I think that's why a lot of you guys come here. I stand on my word. I say what I want. I'm not politically correct. I don't care if I offend you. I don't care if you like me or dislike me. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm not going to give you pacifiers. I've done get, I get a lot of pacifiers in 2021, 2022. It's time to level up in 2023 and really do something of substance and build something for yourself that's more sustainable and long-term. And once again, before I get into the comments, because I'm sure they're juicy, think about other people that you've been watching over the last couple of years or whatever. Look at what they're doing now. Think about people in the comments. What are they doing now? The people that have really are happy and have had success are not doing the apps at all or as much. The ones that are doing them the same amount of hours that they've done them for the last couple of years, some of them are still good. And that's great for them. A lot of them are miserable, happy. They turn the apps on. They're not making money. Their earnings are down 20 to 30% from the last couple of years. That is a fact. Let's get into the comments. Now that I've done what I've done, let's see what we got going on tonight. I hope you guys are all doing well. What up, Ricky? So you're saying in the next year, food delivery will not be here. Nostradamus. I didn't say that not once, Ricky. Never said the food delivery apps were going away. Never said that. What up, Red? What up, Akeem? Rico, Torrance, James. Grinding with Levi says, everything you're saying isn't 100% true. A lot of people look for attention. Uh, I'm not sure what that comment means. I believe what I'm saying to be true. I think I will make a video next year. I'll say this. I'm not Pedro Damas, Nostradamus. I'll make a video next year. There'll be way, there'll be a significantly less amount of gig content creators in this space that have been in this space for a year or so already. A lot of them will continue to fall off because they'll, most people that I think have YouTube channels, the thing you guys have to understand is they might be monetized. So their, all their income isn't, from the gig economy. If you're 100% of your income from the gig economy, year over year and in a couple of years and five years from now, you will be making less money if all you are doing is the same apps. 
I need you to remind, I'll remind you of that next year. I'll still have a channel five years from now. I want you to think about that now and figure out what that means to you. And I want you to try to start something of your own or get a trade or get this or get that. Okay. I mean that, and I'm going to stand by that. And if I'm wrong and, and you guys are making more money two years from now, I'll make a video about that and I will correct my, I will, I will correct this monologue and say, you know what? Yeah, man, that guy working full-time DoorDash was making 50 grand. Now he's making 60. No, I, I can count on one hand how many people I think that's going to happen. So we'll get into that tonight as well. Daphne, what up? Uh, Bala Leonard. What's up? I can't read all the comments. I, I think everyone's, what up, Holly? I think everyone's situation is unique. I think it is really, God, they're going so fast. Really depends. It really depends. I don't think there's one right answer for everyone. True. Those are the one percenters, in my opinion. And I think there are a lot of people that do this and do it um, full time. It could be somebody like Holly and her goals might be different. Right. And she could be able to sustain that. But at some point, the bubble's going to pop, guys. Look at the world and how it's moving with automation and this and that. Like It is moving in a very different direction. This line of work is not a long-term solution if it's 100% of your passive income. I That is a fact. And I will debate anybody that's willing to come on the show tonight and talk about that. I'm not talking about the people that do it 10 hours a week and they're supplementing income. That's different. That's how DoorDash in the gig economy in my opinion, is great. It's great for that way. Okay, I want you to think about all the frustrating videos we see on YouTube, all the complaints on Facebook and Reddit and all the TikToks. People are out here grinding and they're struggling mostly. They're struggling mostly. I see it, right? That's not going to stop and change, right? It's just not. If I had to not make money doing anything else and it was all delivery apps, I could pay my bills and I'd have nothing left over or I'd have some left over, but I'd have no life and I'd be in my car seven days a week. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. Think about how unhealthy that is physically and mentally into your relationships. This is what I'm challenging you guys with tonight. I'm saying something extremely unpopular, but I understand that. And some people will not like that. I get it. I have to be good with that. Right. We have to have videos and conversations like this every once in a while because there's going to be people that might come up tonight or in the comments that make some absolutely fantastic points. But that's not the norm. That's not normal is what I'm saying. All right. OK, so. I feel attacked, says Bud Soda. Listen, I use Bud Soda as an example. Bud Soda has definitely uh, had a rough couple of weeks. Right, Bud Soda? I'll talk to you directly for about 30 seconds. Uh, you are the type of individual that. I don't want to use the word worry, but I'm going to say it because you are like a like a brother to the gig community. Right. Think about the things that have happened to you over the last couple of weeks. You will not be able to sustain all of that long term. That is a fact. You talked about trying to get a business together. Was it power washing or something like that or some kind of cleaning business? Have you done that? Have you not been able to do that because you literally work 20 hours a day? Tough love is sometimes needed, Bud Soda. I'm talking to an individual like yourself. Let's have a real conversation. Okay? Think about the words that I'm saying. 
there are many people that get caught up and addicted to these apps. Not saying you're one of them, but soda, but there are many out there. I'm talking in generalizations. This is not a sustainable line of work. And if you want to make it that, you're going to continue to get frustrated or get deactivated or do this or do that. Something, you know, we have to take more control of our financials. You're not, you can, it's going to literally be impossible for many of you to make more money year over year and in the, doing the same type of work because we don't have a boss. There's no pay raise. There's no bonus structure in this line of work. You'll make about the same, if not less, and inflation will go up. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. The people that will have success are having other ways of making active income with a W-2, a business, an, or another side hustle, or they're building towards some, some, something to make some passive income. That is a fact. It, it is a fact. Many of you, if this is 100% of your income and you got deactivated from your three apps, what would you do? You probably have to go back to a W-2 or do something, right? But the people that have something lined up and have a plan aren't going to be as stressed out about that. Now that I've stirred the pot, I feel really good. Let's go. Inflation goes up, but it always goes back down. No, it doesn't always go back down. Uh, the price of milk two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago is not what it is now. Inflation will go up and go down and then go right back up. It always goes up. Look at anything that you pay for. That's that's not a fair. You could say that for a month or two in waves, but we're talking year over year. We're talking long term. I want us to think about long term gains, long term success, sustainability. OK, many of us, myself included. Let me just so I'm not being a fucking asshole here. I am not where I would want to be monetarily. And with my business ventures and things that I have going on. Why? Because I spend too much time doing DoorDash. The beginning of the year, no, last the last quarter of 2022, I was like, I want to be down to about 25 hours. Now, some weeks I still do 25, but this year I've had multiple weeks where I'm at 35. One week I did like 50, 60 hours for a challenge, which was great, by the way. But that's not sustainable. Let's use Uber Lyft Phoenix as an example. He's been doing this, made a shit ton of money. He's doing all right. In his market, he's not even working anymore. He's actively making content videos saying, I'm, I think I'm going to see if I can just not work the rest of the year. He's seeing effects of this. And he works a thousand hours in a week. It's not sustainable. And I said that months ago, and I believe that. So, and this is true for me as well. I should be and could be further along in my progression as a father, a man, a boyfriend, a human being, a money getter, if I worked less DoorDash. For me, I think there's a sweet spot. I think if you're spending a significant amount of time in your car, using your automobile to make money, that is not a sustainable way of living. It's a We've had success and many of us have, and I'm grateful for the apps, but it's a very short amount of time. Even if you've been doing this five years, that's not a long time. It's not. Most of the people that have success, waiting tables, doing this kind of work, having a side job, they're building towards something and they're financially more free in a quicker amount of time than a lot of us even. I'm not where I want to be. I need to turn DoorDash off more in the interim so that I can make and be in a better spot, spot long term. That's really what this is about. Because I think the days of doing this full time and making more money every month and da, 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 
it's a short term it's a short term gain uh, at the expense of a long term goal. I hope you guys are ready for tonight. I'm gonna open up the uh, five years is a long time for two for 2023 people. Ah, eh, maybe for some. And listen, it's all a matter of perspective. I get it. What's great about the gig economy is we can come and do it as much as we want. I think there's a limit to what most of us should be working. And if you're just because you're making more does not mean you're making more. I know that sounds ridiculous to some of you guys. I think if you're somebody making $1,500 a week, not sustainable. You will not be able to make in this economy, the gig economy, $1,500 a week for the rest of your life doing this kind of work without working every single day and becoming frustrated and unhealthy. That is a fact. We're going to continue to see that trend on YouTube, comments, videos, TikTok. There, Everybody hits a breaking point. We're going to start seeing it. I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now. We're going to start seeing it in content creation. Shoot, I might make a video next year saying, God, this... That was rough. I, I did a lot, but it was great. But I got to slow down. This is not sustainable. We have no benefits. We have no protections. 99% of you aren't putting into a 401k and a savings plan. I know that to be true. There's 421 people in here. How many of you guys are doing making good, good money and have a significant amount of savings? I bet a lot, most of the Americans don't. And the average American is the person that they want doing these apps. Think about this. I want us to get break a little bit free of that gig economy hustle and that mindset of I'm chasing a $6 order. I'm chasing a large order, a lopper. It's $30. Who gives a fuck? Like that is not sustainable and long-term. More drivers coming in, new blood coming in. We have no raises. We have no bosses, which is great. But there's a long-term effect that could be negative because of that. There is. And I think some of us, myself included, you got to have that talk in the mirror, right? I've been having it more and more as the weeks go along. Like, all right, when am I really going to bet on me, Pedro? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Talked to a dear friend of mine yesterday. The people, they're waiting on something next, Pedro. What, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Can't keep making all these videos, ride-alongs. It's entertaining. You can make some money. It's not sustainable long-term. It's not. And we have to realize we see most of the people that are frustrated are the ones that are doing this long-term and it's all their money. The people that are having success do it part-time or they did it full-time for a while and then they moved on to something that they really liked that was going to make them sustainable income that was that they could build on. At any point, the apps could go away, automation, deactivation. It could happen. And just because you get another app doesn't mean it can't happen on that app as well. Okay. I've rambled enough. I'm putting in the StreamYard link. I want people with different opinions. If you are, if you're wanting to come on and say, Pedro, you're the fucking best. Pat me on the back. I don't want you on the show tonight. I want us to have adult conversations. I want different opinions. I will listen. I respect everybody's viewpoints. I'm looking to have an open dialogue about that. And also, if somebody wants to come on here and share with us what they got going on and how they've used the apps to their benefit, I'm willing to have that conversation as well. But I do not want the cookie-cutter conversation tonight. I don't want, Pedro, you're right, yeah, no. No, that's not what I'm looking for. If I get that, I'm going to have to disregard that. Just being transparent and honest because I, I appreciate and respect everybody that's coming in here tonight. Okay, let me go ahead and pin this.
I'll share my week as well, because I don't want to just be, I know I've vomited on most of you guys and I know some of you might not be happy, but I, I have to be okay with that. The one thing about me in this channel is I said, I will always keep it 100 with you guys. I will always share my day. What's on my mind, my week. What's my focus. I will challenge you because you guys challenge me. And I think that's why, in my opinion, you, a lot of you guys come here. So I have to continue to give you that and not just do the same old, same old. If things are different up here, if my reality is different, if I'm noticing things, you guys send me emails, comment sections, look at what's happening in the community. I have to speak on it because I don't think many other people are. What they'll do is they'll just leave and just won't say anything. They'll stop making videos. They won't say anything. They'll bitch or complain and make videos, but they don't have a solution. They don't have anything planned. That's where I don't want us to be. I don't want this channel and this community to be in that spot six months from now, two years from now, five years from now. I want us to be able to build something together. That's extremely important to me. So that's why I'm impassioned when I talk about these things. Because anybody that's had success and is doing okay, they're also making money doing something else. Like I bet I, bet I can believe that. Or maybe they have a spouse that has a great job with benefits. That's not normal. So the, all of the rest of us have to figure out what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What's our move? All right. So now that we have a, we've laid the ground, the groundwork of the live tonight. Okay. And the topic was, can you do this full time as 100% of your income long-term? That's the topic. I realize we can do it full time and make good money right now. But is, can we do that long term if it's 100% of your income? So let's stay on topic, people. I don't want you to twist my words and what I'm saying, right? Okay. So I'm going to pin the link to the, to the StreamYard right now. And I'm going to read some comments before, though, because I know there's been some great ones, some good ones. So I definitely want to get involved with there. The comment is going to be pinned. Oh, the chat is flying. I'm going to have to go back and read some of this. I think it's probably pretty good. All right. Replace pinned comments. So it's up at the top. There we go. Can you do DoorDash, food delivery, whatever app it is, shopping, rideshare, full-time, long-term, and it be 100% of your income? Can you do that? That's the question tonight. What up, Ken? I saw you wanted a wrench earlier, Ken. I'm going to give you one because I believe you are the person that was in red when I did the challenge. I think you're down in Columbia. I'm going to add you as a moderator. I don't give up. I haven't been giving out a lot of moderation lately, but I'm going to give you one because you asked and I like you. Taqueen, what up, man? You have to know not everyone who dashes full time has a family to support. Very good point. But I would even say to that, what's the next thing? Do you want to and can you do this forever? I don't think you can. That's my now that's an opinion, but that, that is a very good point. Thank you, Red. I thought that was the same guy. Grandpa, I've done it for three years now, but I no longer count on that anymore. So now I have other sources of income. Dashing, Grandpa, that's exactly my point. And I think you realize, hey, maybe this I can't do this, this, so I got to do something else. That's all I want to talk about tonight. That's my point, right? And I think there's could be a, 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 a group of people that could do this and sustain it long term. Very, 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 very unique situation, in my opinion. So let, let me say this before I I know I'm all over the place, but I think I think you guys like this. Right. Hit the thumbs up if you hit the thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm good with it either way. I got to remind you all about that. When I was interviewing people, when I had a rest, when I was I never had my own restaurant. But when I was 
managing restaurants and having to do interviews. I've interviewed thousands, probably a couple thousand times I've done interviews or at least 500 times. There were times when I was interviewing somebody, if it wasn't a right fit for the job, my job as the interviewer was to maybe convince them that it wasn't a good fit. That was also a successful interview. I would never want to bring somebody into the fold if it wasn't a good fit, if I didn't think they'd like it, if I didn't think they could at least work for me for one year. That was kind of like my verbal commitment for a lot of people. Do you think you'd want to do this for at least a year, whether it was full time or part time, whatever role, hostess, kitchen? You think you want to be here for a year? What's your what do you got going on for the next year, year and a half? Right. I'd hate to paint somebody that I'm interviewing a picture that's not realistic and unfair because they're going to get upset and frustrated if I do that. So my role as a manager of an establishment, my role as a YouTube content creator is to bring reality and to show people that this is the real, like this might not be sustainable for everybody. You might need to also be working on something else or do it part-time. I think this is great part-time money. I really, really, really believe that. I think the bubble will pop. I, I believe it. So you take that and you make that work for yourself, your family, your goals. But we have to have that. You know, I think there are too many drivers out here driving five to seven days a week and they, they, they're they making OK money. It, it's going to pop for them. I really I really believe that. Hannibal, what up? The gig economy is always around. However, gig apps with low barrier entry, this is what we're talking about. Low skilled work will be difficult to earn and grow in the future. That's what I'm saying. The gig economy is not going anywhere. I don't want you guys to mix the words. There's a lot of different ways to be in a gig economy, but we're talking what we all do, right? Most of us are ride chair, food delivery, shopping, right? Low skill, low entry level. That's why we see the saturation issues. That's why we have good weeks and bad weeks because it's, it's crazy. Anybody can do this job. Not, any, not everybody can do it and do it well, but anybody can do it. DoorDash and these apps, Instacart, Spark, they all know that, right? They know that. Think about that. Great comment. What up, Mel? Yes, agree. Yes, Hannibal's, Hannibal always is a very more measured human being to me. I'm very passionate and very, I'll just say things. Hannibal's more thoughtful and be like, hold up, let me say this because I think the people need to hear it. So I appreciate that. The gig economy is not going anywhere. That sector will grow. But most of us will not be able to sustain more income year over year doing this same job because there's no raises in it. There's no 401k, profit sharing, vacation time, PTO. You will get burned out if this is all of your income. You will. Hannibal is somebody that has another source of income or two, right? All his money isn't coming from Rover and Curry and DoorDash or Uber Eats. If it was... He might be struggling a little bit more if he didn't have a check coming from here, a check coming from here, a check coming from here. Think about that. I want you to figure out how to have a check coming from here and here, not just one check coming from one gig app. Or, yeah, I'm all to app. So I got an Uber Eats and I got a DoorDash. Not sustainable. All right. I see people coming in. I want to read a few more chat messages and give some love. What up, Bud Soda? Uh, gaming. Sam, Cynthia, Ace, no giggity, no clout. Spark is oversaturated in my area. Yeah, Jocelyn, what up, what up? Dominique, dear Ace, what up, James? Appreciate all you guys. KC, what up, man? Been rocking with me since day one. Savvy Shopping with Holly. Appreciate you coming in. Go check out her and Steve. I think they do something on Tuesdays. Ubi Jeep AZ, what up? How you doing, man? I can't read all the comments, guys. You guys are you guys are amazing. I'll, I'm definitely going to read 
when I was getting a little saucy there and challenging and speaking my mind, I'll definitely go back and read some. I think you guys are dropping some great knowledge, I'm sure, and opinions. Ellen, how you doing? How you doing? Victory Lab. What up? What up? What up? Okay. So who do we have waiting? I see Hoodie Smurf. I see Bud Soda. I see Nick Smith. I see JP's Jig Corners. I see... Uh, I see Planet Mondo. I see Chris Boy from Australia. Love it. And I see Cowboy Courier. So this is what we got here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to bring all you guys on at the same time because I don't want you to wait. Um, We'll just kind of have you guys already know what I'm talking about. You know where my mind is at tonight. I want you guys to share your opinion. Full tilt. No, don't hold back. If you have a difference opinion, please share it tonight. Okay. And if you're somebody that has something that you're working on, share that with us. If you have somebody that is, if, if you're somebody that you, all your money comes from this and you have no end game, share that if you're willing as well. Cause I want to talk about that. Okay. I hope you guys are ready. I, I want somebody to come up here and slap me right away. Okay. Slap me right in the mouth. Say, Pedro, you're crazy. The gig economy is the best thing since sliced bread. Listen, the gig economy has done a lot for me. I don't want I don't want you guys to think that this is a negative or un, I'm ungrateful. I've been said in the past many times, I'm grateful for DoorDash. That's why I've been more positive with the app. I use it as an opportunity, a tool, a vessel to hit my bigger dream goals. So I'm grateful for that. And I want that's why I think it's a great opportunity for other people to do the same thing. Right. I think that's how to make it great. I think that's how it should be worked to make it average. Yeah, that's fine. I think a lot of us would rather have more than average. I think a lot of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired, frustrated, low pay, not making rent, not able to fix your car, not able to take your kid, do this, not able to take your wife out. Sometimes you're working seven days a week. Fuck that. Who wants to do that? Nobody want, nobody should have or want to do that. And that's where the frustrations in the apps come. Why are they paying us so low? I'm doing this for 60 hours and I'm barely scrapping by. So clearly, if you're in that boat right now, it's not sustainable for you. You can't do that forever, right? That's what I'm trying to say tonight. I'm done talking. I'm going to let the people talk. All right. So we got Hoodie Smurf. Are you with us tonight? Oh, hello. Three, two, one. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Oh, hold up. Maybe. Is it me? Hold on. You can't hear me? Hold on, my friend. Okay. Say that again. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, man. I have my thing muted. My apologies. That was on me. All right, how you doing tonight, man? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let me bring in Bud Soda. Bud Soda, you with us? Yes, sir. Yes, all right. I got Nick Smith. Nick, are you with us? Hey, how you doing, guys? I'm good, man. All right, let me bring up JP's Gig Corner. JP, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for being here. I'm going to bring up Planet Mondo. Mondo, are you with us, my friend? I am. What's up, brother? Awesome. What's up, man? Let's bring in my Australian brother, Chris. How you doing, man? Hey, good, man. It's another day in the dream. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to be here as well, man. And we got one last one, Cowboy Courier. How you doing? Howdy, partner. How you you doing? guys can hear me okay? We can hear you loud and clear. So I'm going to start Excellent. off uh, Hoodie Smurf first, and we'll kind of go around. Um, try not to interrupt each other, but you guys could definitely, when there's breaks, I mean, feel free to jump in. You guys know what the topic is tonight. Share your opinion, share your perspective. I'm going to start with Hoodie Smurf first. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on this show. Um, my thoughts on this being sustainable. Um, 
you make some great points regarding this being sustainable for people uh, to do full time. Um, I just feel I'm very skeptical about um, anything, whether you are a employee or self-employed, um, you know, owning your own business or an investor. And I say those specifically because um, I do a lot of uh, audiobook listening while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. But regardless of what you are, you know, like I said before last week, there's going to be risk regardless of what you do. And it's it's on you as a driver, employee, whatever you do, to try to manage that risk as best as possible. Mm -hmm. So as far as the gig economy, or as far as drivers, um, the best thing that I could say that everybody should be doing is managing their money that they earn so that if something does happen, whether you are a, a W-2 employee or whether you are self-employed through um, these gig apps, is it, managing your money, putting it away, and learning how to make that money work for you. Something I had to learn myself um, which, which fortunately doing these apps just gave me the freedom and the time to study and listen and read and learn. And, um, you know, there's certain things that I've done to kind of help me out with that process. But mm -hmm. overall, I don't think it really matters how you earn your money. There is, there really isn't any sort of secure way to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like since, the um, great recession and, and possibly even before that. And I know you mentioned 401k, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat skeptical of 401k because sure. those yeah, are yeah. vulnerable to um, market swings as well. So overall, yeah. like everyone has to do their own research and educate themselves. It's the education and the knowledge that will take you far, not the apps. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you a question before I get to Bud Soto. What What are some of the things that you think about that uh, you're working towards, if you have any, for let's just say, you know, the whole cliche, what's your, you know, five-year plan or whatever. Like wh wh when, when, when you hear that, what comes to mind for you? Um, so when I hear five-year plan, is that correct? Yeah. Um, previously, you know, I would measure, I would hear that and try to like measure it based off of what other people think, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like what the, um, not mainstream, what's the term, you know, I, just like what, what regularly pe people say, like have a house, have a steady job, uh, you know, just to kind of go along the normal path of life. Mm -hmm. But now, um, my focus is on trying to not need money as much anymore. Mm. And that's kind of a, a, a difficult concept. I mean, a, it was a difficult concept for me to understand because I was working, you know, through these apps, just making a lot more money. It was just, e you know, relatively easy work because I, I've been a driver before in, in many different jobs and it's just something I do well. But what I've learned is that 
and and, and uh, if you all are familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, uh, yeah. one thing he said that kind of stuck with me is that um, you know the trick is keeping your money because you can get all the money, and there's people out there who have a whole bunch of money. The trick is keeping it, and so like figuring out how to keep it. The one of the first ways is to not have to spend it. So in five years, I want to be in a position where, um, like, where, like I said, whereas before I'm like, oh, I want to be making more money so that way I can have more money in the long run. But when I actually did the education and learned about how this money system works, mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily want to make more money. I want to um, not need money as much. No, I, I get have that. A, I get less that. of a need for money in five. Yeah, you years. want to be able to manage it better and not feel like you have to do certain things just to get the money, right? You want to be able to, you know, manage it and be okay with it and understand how to use it. Um, I get that. But Soto, what do you got on your mind tonight? I'm sure you got plenty. Go ahead, man. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as far as doing this long term, longer term, I really don't think that most. I know you said you want a disagreement, but I don't think most can do it for more than, let's say, a five-year period. However, you can. Okay, so let me stop you there. How long have How long have you been doing it? Two years. Okay, so then you've got three years left based on your own uh, thought process, correct? I mean, that's yeah, that's what most gig tubers like you were talking about have in mind. But I'm not here just to agree with you. But you can also, like Holly's saying, you can do your doubling. You can have your personal clientele. And if you're going to stay in this kind of space, so I do want to do that somewhat and have the apps as a side thing. You Mm -hmm. know, the apps are the side thing. That's what you want. I actually recommend a hybrid model to both. Like I had a friend who decided to go gig economy full time. He's like, dude, I do so great when I do it. I'm like, dude, I warn you, don't do it because today's my situation. You open yourself up to liability when you do this full time. So they are much more to do part-time for most people, and that's where most people are going to feel comfortable. But people get the taste of that money, and they think they can get they can get that around the clock, which they can't. Very few people can do what I do. I'm going to have to change markets because I can't stay here because DoorDash is king. Because it's only busy enough when it's like the really busy peak days, and I even make $400 today from 7 a.m. till now. So let me ask you a question. Do you think you'll be in a better spot three years from now than you are today? If you continue to work the apps the same way, do you think you'll be in a better spot? I'm not going to work them the same way. No, I'm going to continue adapting, continue to change and continue to push to get what I need done. Look, I can't have a repeat of last summer. One of my biggest downfalls is I'm way too damn nice. I give people way too much of my money and I I, it's been very hard for me. I was pretty upset about it like three, four months ago and a friend helped me through it. But like, you know, <laughs> and don't be afraid to talk to like a life coach or something, guys, because it does can help you have better direction in your life. And that's what made me overcome last year. But I already exhausted all my savings and everything back then. I had, you know, five digits saved and it's all, it was all gone. And now I'm sitting here trying to bust my tail, trying to pay, my last 2000 I owe from 2022 and then my first quarter. And then I'm going to owe my next quarter right after that. That's so my point. Bud Soda. That's really my point. Hard. I, that's my point. And I, 
I'm going to use you as an example, but I'm not even going to apologize for it. I think that you are, you're not the average DoorDash driver because most people only work four to 10 hours a week. That's what, at least that's what they tell us. Okay. Who knows? Whatever. That's what they tell us. Four to 10 hours a week, over 90% of the drivers with DoorDash, that's what they do. So what I'm saying is you're just turning your wheels. You said you had some money, then you didn't have money. You're, you're a hamster on the wheel. I, I, you know. My challenge to the community is let's not be the hamster. Let's not be the hamster, right? So you've been doing it two years, and then you got three years left based on the (laughs) five-year time frame, right? I've been doing it a little over a year. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, you're working seven days a week for five years. That's not healthy. Number one, and you know, so think about what is the next step. That's all I'm trying to talk about tonight. What I don't think this is long-term solution. Full so, time, and I'll. You know, that's why. That's what. That's what I'm trying to say. Let me. Let me get to JP real quick, I'll, and we'll, we'll. You know, we'll come back around. But let me. Right, not I'll, JP. I'll actually, I think it's Nick. Um, let me get to Nick Smith next. He's next in line. So, Nick, what do you got on your mind? What can you share with us? What have you learned? Well, I think you can do it full time if you look at it as like a job. I mean, you're in control of it. But I mean, I used to drive semis. I had to take myself out for a vertigo thing. So I worked construction. I was delivering construction equipment. I would work 60, 65 hours a week. I did that for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to work that many hours. Like this month, I did 343 deliveries, and I kind of took it easy this week, and I still made 670. Nice. I mean, so I've done, and like I tried it at the beginning of last year, and I adapted to what it is, but I'm also in a really good area too. So it very much, I think, depends on your market. And how much you're really to actually treat it like your moneymaker. I mean, I don't do extraordinary numbers, but I mean, I did do 2,900 this month off my first month of really doing it. And I mean, it's not like I put any, any more hours in doing this than I would anything else. And I don't even do it when it gets night out. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, in the winter, you'll have to, but. I mean, I can do it for the number of hours I've done anything else and still make the same amount of money. Yeah, there's a few more costs to it, but also I'm a lot more in control. And the more you learn how to use the apps, the more money you can actually make at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, yeah, I yeah, think it I depends on the person, really. And you've got to be able to adapt like he was just saying. If you don't adapt, you're going to drown. Mm. Do you think that the uh, average DoorDash driver, gig economy worker, whatever app, do you think that they're adapting enough right now? Just your own personal opinion. Oh, probably not, no. Why not? Just, I mean, I think way too many people get in one set rhythm and they're not willing to change whatever it is they're doing. Hmm. They, They look at it as this is the only way to do it. Like, see, I've watched you and I've watched some other guys and like last year, I tried it for like three months at the beginning of the year, and I was just like having no success. Yeah. But the more I watched YouTube videos on and different people, but you've got to take opinions from different people, but you've still got to be in control of your decisions at the moment you're doing it. Great if point. it's not a smart delivery, like I've stopped taking some of the ones in a busy time that are, yeah, they're like 675 mm-hmm. and they're like three and a half miles. So it seems okay. But the thing is, is that going to take me away from that $25 delivery that's 15 miles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the little adaptions I've done. 
Yeah. How long have you been in the gig economy? I don't know if I if you said that or if I asked that, but if you want, you might. Say um, that. I've been doing it full time this year for this month. I did it for. So, I mean, I've only been in it for about a year. I've done about a thousand, just under a thousand deliveries on DoorDash. Mm-hmm. And most of those have come in the last month and a half, two months. Mm, got it. And what, let me ask you a real quick question as well. What brought you to the gig economy to make money? And what, how long do you think you see yourself right now? And that could change, obviously. You're talking about adapting and things. How long do you think you'll stay in the gig economy? Have you thought about that? Well, that's all until um, it's until I get my other stuff taken off, but I've had success there. So it's a matter of I had a plan on semi driving, but I had to pull myself out of that. So it's just a matter of till I get where I need to be. But if I need to do this for the next three years mm-hmm. until I get my other stuff taken off, I'll stay at it three years because mm-hmm. I can control what I'm doing and. I'm in a really good area too. And I don't know how that varies with everybody's area. I think that's a very important thing. Yeah. No, I think that's an extremely important thing as far as the type of experience you're going to have with the gig economy, especially food delivery apps. You know, the gig economy is very vast. It's a lot of different ways and different gigs. Right. Um, But even with like, if we're talking ride share and food delivery, I think the market dependency and like where you're at is a big indicator. A lot of the times, if you're going to have, a good or bad experience. I do believe that. Um, and JP, the automation, go ahead. I don't think the automation affects us as much as people think, because most people are using this. They're not even going to want to walk to the curb to get their food. <laughs> and the, and the automation can't go into the restaurant to get the yeah. order. So, I mean, it really doesn't affect the food delivery as much as it would other stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, the automation is a fascinating thing to me because I am completely ignorant about it. Let me say that. Um, but it's, it's there. I see that it's there. Um, I, when it came on my radar about a year and a half ago, I was like, no way it's not going to affect us at all. I think, I think it will marginally affect us in the interim and in the near future, let's say a year or two from now, but long-term. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, 15, 20 years. I'm not as concerned cause I'm, I'm probably not delivering McDonald's in 15 years. At least I hope I'm not, you know, right. But I think it will change, but there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be put in place. But I mean, if you just think about just think about 10, 15 years ago, you were checking yourself out or, or you were you were having a grocery person check you out and bag your shit. Now you go to most stores and you're that they're not even we're just not workers there. You're bagging your own things. You're doing your own self checkout. So it's coming. You know, it, it's definitely coming. Technology's coming. Um, but I'm not like for me, I'm not like worried about like them taking our jobs and robots taking our jobs. But it, we're seeing it. You know, I go to I go to several places in St. Louis where it's not a person talking to me at the drive up window. It's a computer. And in some places, it's not even a person handing me the food. It's a robot. So it's definitely coming. But I think it's not something that I super worry about. But uh, JP, what do you say? Uh, chime in on the convo. What do you got in your mind? Yeah, I, well, why I, I got on is just to comment about whether you can do it long term or not. Yeah, if, what do you, you, what do you think? if you do. If you do it correctly, sure you can. Um, you can earn. Now it depends on what you want, what you need to live, and what you want to live. Mm-hmm. Anyone who sets their mind to it and is willing to go out and work forty hours a week can make fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year doing this. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not. Hold on, let me let me stop you there, JP. Do you think 
the average DoorDash driver that works 40 hours a week is going to make 50,000? I, I do not. I, no, I don't eat. I, that, okay. That's not that. But I do think the average gig worker that figures out how to take and put they, um, uh, the driven dad said it uh, on one of your lives a while ago. And that is mm-hmm. the, those people that figure out how to manage their schedule to to produce the largest amount of in, the largest amount of revenue in the mm-hmm. shortest period of time. On Monday through Wednesday or through Thursday this week, I think I averaged about, uh, I want to say probably three or four hours a day. Mm-hmm. All right. And by the time Thursday was over, when I added everything up, I already had over a grand. And I was like, God, that's hard to believe. It was hard yeah. for me to believe. That's, yeah. Now, I just put it all together and I've made $2,700 this week. Now, I work way. Well, hold on, not just not just food delivery, right? No, it was thousand dollars on on uh, DoorDash, thousand okay. dollars delivering. Um, uh, well, actually, about eight hundred dollars doing deliver that. Mm-hmm. Uh, about four hundred dollars on my uh, uh, dumpling business. So all you put all of it together, and you can you can make good money. Um, and I, oh, I forgot about shipped. I did about six hundred on ship. Now I worked a lot harder the last three days then I then mm-hmm. I want to work okay mm-hmm. so uh, and I won't do it all the time but when the money's there and this that's what the gig economy is all about is being absolutely you, yeah. you have to be you have to be uh, an op- opportunity you have to be opportunistic and take and, and seize the opportunities when they're there because they're not going to be there all the time it's just that simple I don't think this is something that anyone I, I'll say it this way if you're under 50 you probably shouldn't be doing this full time because mm. it, and, and and it's not a career. Your it, your income's only going to go up if you find new and different apps to to work, and mm-hmm. you work them in a different way. You can't mm-hmm. do, um, you know. And, and Bud Soda, I'm I'm a I'm a workaholic. When I was in my career, I I worked seventy, eighty, ninety hours a week. All right, um, and I still was able yeah, to okay. get. I was able to get into and do all the things that I wanted to do. You know, I uh, with with my kids. OK. And 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 now I'm able to do the same thing that I want to do with my grandkids. But what I'll what I'll tell you is that you, you just have to set the schedule up so that it works in your favor. I would go when I first started with Rideshare, I'd go out and do, you know, morning, noon and night. All right. Is how how I put it. But that was to learn it. Then I learned, OK, you know, you're going to make your the most money from, you know, 10 o'clock at night till two in the morning or three in the morning. And then you're going to make good money again, doing it from, uh, you know, about, uh, I don't know, four in the morning until, until seven. All right. So um, bottom line is, um, you know, you, you, you can do these things if, you know, if, if that's what you so choose, but boy, you've got to, you've got to be disciplined and you have to put the money away. Uh, what I've, I, I, one reason I wanted to come in here is if you're not saving 20%, 25% of every dime you make in the gig world, you are setting yourself up for some pretty massive problems later in life. Okay, let me, JP, I'm glad you brought that up uh, because obviously you're somebody that has a lot more wisdom than me, right? You've been around longer than me. You've made more successes, more mistakes, right? I, so. So I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean on you right now because I don't think, in my opinion, you tell me yours. Okay. I don't think most of us that are doing this type of food delivery or rideshare gig economy work are doing that. I think it's, I I think most are not. So 
we're, we're looking at these $200 days as an example, right? That used to be my goal. Now my goal is a little mm-hmm. bit less because I've shifted some things, right? My focus is d- different. But when I was doing those $200 days, and some days, maybe if you're in LA, it's 300 or if you're somewhere else, it's only 100 right? You, you get so inundated with like, okay, I'm going to make this 200 200 200 200 And it feels good. Taxes aren't being taken out. You know, your vehicle, you're driving it, but you're using it as a tool. So it's fine. Not a big deal. You got to do this every once in a while, a repair or oil change, whatever, maybe some tires, whatever. Right. But like, if you're not putting something to the side, like JP is saying, like long-term, you're going to see the effect of that. I think, because you might, if you do it a lot, your car is going to have issues at some point, cars break down. It's a fact. Okay. So then you might have some money that you made, but then now you got to maybe get a brand new car. $3,000 repair. And if you're not putting that 20%, 30%, like JP's saying, you're going to, you're going to be right back at that hamster on a wheel. You're back at square one. Right. So, so JP, what what do you think? How many people do you think? Yeah. How many people do you think are actually putting away money to the side that are in the gig economy? Well, first I have to tell you that I don't think, I think most people that are out working don't save near enough money. I'm saying 25, 30% is even a better number. And, that, and that's high. I think that's very high. I think yeah, that's it a is, high but, percentage. But you have to pay your own taxes. You have to you have to pay your own self-employment taxes. And mm-hmm. frankly, the first thing that most people should just don't do, because we do a lousy job of teaching people how to do this when they're in school, when they're actually when their minds are are moldable and be and able to, you know, learn and know what to do with it. Somebody just said, you know, a 401k I'm suspect on. Boy, oh boy, I can't tell you. Um, I can't tell you how much money. I won't tell you how much money I've made through my 401k, but mm-hmm. I will tell you this it's 10 times what I put into it. Yeah. But it yeah. takes time for that money to grow. Right. All right. So you put in, you know, you if you put the money in and you do it wisely, not crazy, you don't, you know, you, you, you shouldn't be putting it into things like crypto and, um, there, the, I, I see so many people and I don't get it. Uh, you know, and I, I just did a video on this, but I'm, I haven't published it. I haven't published anything yet, but bottom line is I just did one that, where I said, I don't know why anyone's taking financial advice from a, tw- a 21 or 22 year old, uh, Blake Moore is telling people what stocks to buy. Are you kidding me? A guy. Yeah. Well, that- but that's, that's my point, JP. That's the, that's the, 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 the quick momentary, Okay, yeah, I can make 200 bucks on DoorDash. That's great. That pays the bills. Like, I'm grateful, but we have to start for me, right. at least on this you channel. Did make one good one recently. I, I have to start, look, we have to start looking at, okay, what's the, you know, what are we really doing with our money? Like, are we really making $200? Clearly, you're not. If you go out and DoorDash tonight, my girlfriend made 87 bucks. She didn't profit $87. No. Right? She grossed she had, re- she had revenue of $87. She had right. revenue of 87 yeah. Hey, that's fine. That it, it serves the purpose of what she wants to do this week. But yeah, she's going to have to pay taxes on that. She used some gas. She probably used 10 yeah. 15 bucks in gas. She used her time. She used yeah. her car. So there's a lot of other things I think we sometimes just kind of gloss over. And typically, you could gloss over for it. You can gloss over these things for a little bit of time. But eventually, you, you're going to have to look at that elephant in the room. And that's why that's the kind of the conversation tonight is let's look at this elephant and decide, is that elephant too big to be in my house? Is it the appropriate size? Like we need to look at the elephant and decide, does that fit with me right now? Because I've been doing this for two or three years. 
do I still like I need to manage that elephant? And I don't think a lot of us are doing that. I think some of us are, which is great. But I'm talking to the the majority and I don't feel like people are putting 20, 30 percent away. I don't feel like we're we're thinking about that kind of stuff long term. Um, Planet Mondo, what do you what do you say? Right. Let me finish this one thing here. OK, uh, go ahead, JP. Before go ahead. you move on. And that is yeah. what I'm trying to get across to and what I really want to want to what, what I want people to hear is we got to take if you're going to do this long term and you want to, to stay in the gig world and 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 do what what you're doing. Great. But put a plan together that actually puts the money aside so that you're not actually having to go out and work 70 or 80 hours a week, because that's not sustainable, especially when you're driving a car all the time. And I was surprised last week when people were talking about how many miles they drive. I'm obviously different with that because I still drive about 60, uh, maybe even 70,000 miles a year. Um, But uh, like this past month that just ended, I I drove 6,100 miles. I I can tell you, I don't want to keep that up. I want to uh, and I'm going to stop it and this summer. I'm going to slow down. And so I tell, you know, what what I used to always tell people in, in that, that were part of my organization is pay yourself first. Take a certain amount of money and put it aside. I don't care mm-hmm. what it is. If it's only oh, if it's one hundred dollars a week, put it aside and then you don't touch it. If it's fifty dollars a week, put that aside. Don't touch it. Leave it there. Then put a certain amount of money away for taxes. I tell people I think you should do at least 20% for taxes because what most people don't don't understand is if they're making money in this business, they're going to pay 15.6% for Social Security or 15.3, I'm sorry, 15.3% for Social Security and Medicare. You pay both sides. And, and, you know, the last thing I'll say is I do predict, this is my prediction, is that eventually Congress and everyone else is going to step in and say, wait a minute, you guys, meaning Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, all of these gig companies have a huge advantage of about 12 to 15 percent. That's going to go away. I think at some point, because they're they're seeing that's the labor percentage is what you're talking about, their cost of labor and the the benefits of that and employment and the model that they use. And yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about the 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 employment uh, taxes. I'm talking about taxes, Social, Social Security, Medicare. Uh, unemployment insurance. I mean, uh, we just went through a, a pandemic where uh, we went in debt for another for my great grandchildren. Now, not even my grandchildren, but when they have you know, when they have kids, they'll be paying for some of that to the tune of about eight trillion dollars. Yeah. Right. So yeah. all of this, this got to come home to roost at some point. And all we can do is put it into things that make sense, that are safe, not, uh, you know, not. Um, Bitcoin and other things. And and none none of these things happen fast. You put it into company. A really wise young man said to me, uh, never invest in something. And I understand he got it from somebody else. He goes, but never invest in any company that you don't understand. And I, I, well, let I me just say this to uh, JP, because uh, listen, none of us are financial advisors. I have sure. to put a disclaimer because I don't want somebody coming after me and the yeah. crew here. OK, but I think with JP, I, I'm rocking with what he's saying. Okay. I'm going to sign off on that. I just need to say none of us. I'm not a financial advisor. This isn't whatever. If you've got Bitcoin, do what you do. I don't have any Bitcoin, but I only say that because you referenced it a couple of times. Yeah. But, and you know, I, you know, and I say it because and that's my smart young man was my son. He said, yeah, he said, Pops, listen, you don't understand the business and how it makes money. Don't invest in it. Now, that's, you know, the, the man that originally said that was Warren Buffett. OK, um, you know. 
Here he is yeah. at 91 years old, and he's still making, I don't know, 25, 30 million. He, can, he yeah. can't give it away fast enough. Okay? No, he's one of, he's Warren Buffett's right. one of one. Yeah, but, he's and, one of one. You know, but what I mean? well, there's actually others. You got believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, there's, there, yeah, there's yeah, and he's people, Warren Buffett's made a lot of people money I mean, by following right. his he's, model. Yeah, yeah. yeah one, one and, and but my point is, he paid himself first, and what we're doing right now is we got to put a plan for the future because there, you know, especially if you're doing gig work and 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 something doesn't change with Social Security and and the mm-hmm. other things, what's going to happen is you're going to end up. With even if you get Social Security, it'll be on the very, very low end. All right. So yep, exactly. So, so that's so that's <laughs> part of that long term conversation we're exactly. having. Right. Yeah. Because that's part of it. Planet, uh, Planet Mondo, go ahead and jump on in here. Yeah. And then Chris and you guys, you know, feel free to kind of jump in. Let's start with Planet Mondo first. What's up, man? So I, I, I agree and disagree on a few things that you said. I, I think mm-hmm. that you can long term do it, but you're going to have to switch apps. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to be sustainable for the long term. I think there's always going to be a new app. You're going to have to flood that, burn that out. There's yeah. going to be a new app, burn that out. So yeah, you can do this for the next 10 years, but you're going to have to adapt and just download new apps, go to new grocery stores, figure that out and just kind of adapt to that. But long term, I don't think this is sustainable for anybody unless you're just looking to coast. Like you can survive off this. I don't think you could live life off of this. I don't think you could have great vacations off of this. I don't think you could buy houses off of this. This is something, and again, it depends on your market. If you're making six thousand a month, like that's great. I I just I'm making four thousand a month. I, I have mortgage. I own a house. That gets me by. I can't mm-hmm. necessarily do much with that other than that. That pays my bills, and I live a comfortable life. But I get by. I don't. Yeah. I don't have much to do. Um. So for me, like long term, like um, my girlfriend, her lease is over in October, so she's gonna move in. So that'll help me out a lot with, you know, some of the bills and stuff like that. So that way I can save some more money. And then we're going to look into opening up a, a cleaning business. So I think you have to have like a backup plan where this isn't long-term. And and the fact that you said that a 15 year old can do this and make the same amount of money as a grown ass mm-hmm. man like mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. that should scare a lot of people like that. No, but let me, let me ask you a question. I said that, but I meant that. I'm not, I said no, it's true. That. You, that should humble that's people. That's true. Don't, don't you think? That should humble you. Yeah. That should no, but I'm people. saying I think that 15 year old in the, in the beginning isn't going to know. But after a couple of weeks, hey, if I'm making 27 bucks an hour in my St. Louis market, maybe he makes a few dollars less, but not much. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that should scare people. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because it, it doesn't necessarily need any kind of skill. As long as you have a working pair of eyes and a vehicle that you can get from spot to spot, anybody can do this. As long as you have some common sense and you're not getting into fights with everybody on a weekly basis, you can yeah. do this and make decent money. So, and, and another thing, you know, when, where people think that they're irreplaceable on these apps, like a lot of people I see that are, that are 50 years old, 55, 60, my age, you know, in their thirties, forties, whatever it is. I see a lot of people that are, that are almost ashamed to do this. So you can't tell me that you're extremely happy to do this for life. Mm. I see a lot mm. of people that walk in, you know, they don't walk in with DoorDash bags. They walk in and they say, mm-hmm. I'm picking up an order for Dave. They don't say I'm picking up a DoorDash for Dave. A lot of times I see people almost try to hide it. Like they're picking up an order for themselves. And I yeah. see through things like that. I'm like, oh, this guy, he's kind of embarrassed to do this. Like, and then I see him go put it in mm-hmm. his bag in his car. So mm-hmm. when you see people like that, you have to, you have to, you know, face the reality of it, that, that we're doing something that a 15 year old could do. This isn't a skilled labor. This is, this isn't something that you need to learn. I signed up a week later. I'm, I'm making a thousand dollars a week. I mean, anybody could do that. But, you know, just like just yeah. like anybody else that you see move from other countries, you know, I think, you know, I moved from another country like my, my mom. She had to, you know, w- wash dishes for years 
you know, like three where, jobs. Where, where, are you from? Where, where are you from? I'm Persian. I'm Persian, but okay. I, I moved from Germany. I lived in Germany. I've lived okay. in a lot of different places. Um, but like, you know, she ended up owning restaurants. You know, she went to school. She's an ultrasound technician now. So you have to level up. You can't just wash dishes all the time. I compare this to basically just washing dishes. Like you don't need a mm. skill. Anybody mm. can do that. It's just mm. we're living in a time where you're lucky to make $1,000 doing the easiest job in the world. I've been a Starbucks manager. I've been in managers in different restaurants. Those are stressful jobs. Yeah, I'm making absolutely. almost the same amount of money that I was making as a Starbucks manager. I was working yeah. 60 hours a week dealing with Karens before Karens were a thing. You know, people would come in, <laughs> stick their fingernails in and say, this is this is not a quarter inch of foam that I Listen, have. let me tell you, I think a lot. And shout out to Dash and Grandpa. Happy birthday to Dash and Grandpa. I want to say that. Brash Dasher, thanks for putting that up. Um, I think a lot of gig economy workers are first generation immigrants or ex uh, restaurant employees or managers. I believe a, a yeah, I big that. percentage because that those are frustrating jobs and or we, you know, first generation immigrants want to have some kind of work to come in really quickly. And I think that I think that's great. Listen, that's that's fantastic. But I think. I think, and, I think, and the restaurant in the restaurant industry just doesn't pay much. That's what no, that's that, that, that's what the real it, issue it, is. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. Know, and and yeah. uh, but it's it. And even if you were a manager at Starbucks or a, a, any one of them, it's still not paying anything near what most other industries pay. So yeah. I, I mean, after taxes, I was making like thirty two hundred bucks a month. That wasn't worth yeah. me right. going bald. You know what I mean? From right. stress, like right. that wasn't that wasn't yeah. worth it to me. Right. So well, and and you realize that that for you. Right. Wasn't a long term solution to what you right. wanted to do. So you took the gig economy, folded it in, making 4K a month now, probably a little more happier. Your stress levels are down. But then you also realize, hey, me and the wife, let's work on a little cleaning business because that's going to be something that is more could be more beneficial for us. It's a passion thing. It's what I want to do and want to work for myself. It's more sustainable long term, possibly. So that's the, your growth and evolution. Right. Right. And my, my whole thing is I want side. other people to try to let, let's have that conversation. Let's share right. those kind of stories versus, hey, I made two hundred dollars today. Who gives a fuck? Let me let me just be honest for a minute. Who right. gives a fuck if I see another two hundred dollar video and I'm going to hold myself accountable? Nobody cares. You can make two hundred dollars on DoorDash. It's not a big deal. I'm sorry. It's not right. It's not a flex. It's not a, it's not like look at me like we have to start thinking bigger than there's that people, in my opinion that's my opinion people, i could be you know it's, there's there's people in my market who do 600 consistently consistently but so there's no way there's there's no i, I i'm do. sorry there are, there's not a I've consistent amount of people 16 making hours 600, a day. no that is not that is not normal bud soda that is extremely rare and they're not making 600 every single day. And if they tell you they are, they're lying not to every you. single day, but they consistently can do it every week, at least one or two days of the week. I've done it myself. Pedro. <coughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to call bullshit. I don't believe that that's normal. I don't think that that's something we should be talking about. I think that that's giving I a false sense of reality. Up. I think it's a false and, sense of reality. Yeah, in 2021, you could do that with, especially if you I, I don't get think right that that's, I don't think yeah, that's if, normal. If, but you're not now. Not now. You're not going to make that kind of money. It's I mean, so, I'm in. I'm in a pretty so I, good market. Pardon me. I'm I'm in a pretty good market. I average out about twenty five to thirty. I mean, six hundred a day, 
divided by 16 hours, that's that's thirty seven dollars and fifty cents. I yeah, rarely ever make thirty seven dollars on DoorDash ever. I I, I had a day where I was making thirty six an hour. My goal is to make forty to forty five an hour. I mean, you know what my goals are? They're unrealistic. I don't care. They're unrealistic. They're unrealistic. I'm going to go to an even bigger market and go to try to work these last mile and these catering apps and go hard on the Instacart on the more bougie, you know, their Hannaford's and price choppers and Wegmans are a lot more fancy than the ones that we have here. So like, I want to push back on what JP was saying. He's hundred percent, right. You got to be willing to dedicate some time and some effort and not be a freaking wimp. Go provide for your family. And a lot of people work W2s and it's either mandatory overtime or getting what overtime they can. My old man never refused a day in his dang life that I can think of unless he was like literally told to stay home or he was hurt. So like we are to provide for our families. It doesn't have to be the man. The the man and the woman can do it equally. And, or one does this, one does that, or they take turns, you know, and you make time for your family. Like JP was saying, you can still do that and bust your tail out here working 30 hours a week is freaking unrealistic i am sorry no, it's not. you're nope. not going to no, pause 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 thousand dollars a year pause. and be sustainable pause. let me tell you this right now but and i'm gonna i'm gonna use myself for a minute and people might get offended that i say this i can work 20 hours a week on doordash and, and make a lot of money because i do other things that's my point of this stream that's exactly we have to my figure point, out so you do other things no you said you can't work 30 hours you can <laughs> That's my point. We have to stop thinking we have to have an app on and work seven days a week. There no, are other no, options. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about just the dang apps like JP was saying. You're doing other things as well where you're making income and you're making a long-term sustainability for yourself. So my whole point is I'm doubling down. I'm going toward my – I'm tackling my debt. I'm tackling my taxes because I, I, I got to make up for last ground last year. I want to build wealth. I want to be able to cash flow my businesses and get this freaking crap off the ground because what I got a good five years left in me to do that in a sustainable amount of time to where I can have those. And then I got a five years after that to build those up to something else to where I can just, you know, go 60 hours or less a week after that. So, hey, but so how, how, old are, how old are you? I just turned 35, sir. You got, you still got, you got a good 35, you got a good 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let's kick it. I know what you're saying. I don't see myself living past the 50, so. Well, hold up. Bus soda, bus soda. Stop. Stop right there. Please don't think that way. But if you feel that way, it's because you're working fucking seven days a week, 20 hours a day. That's why. That's my fucking point of this live. That's not sustainable. Listen to me. I'm going to show, I'm going to give you some big brother love because I'm 41. It what you're doing is not sustainable, and you're proving my point. Okay, I so disagree. listen, don't respond, don't respond yet. Okay, we can talk about it tomorrow privately, but that's my point. You're like, I got five years, it's because of how you're using the gig economy. You're proving my point, and I hate to say that, but it's not so a sustainable making... long term thing. Okay, okay, so me, me going after uh, I, you gotta make almost six digits to make yourself out of something. No, you, you don't, but do soda. 80, but soda, you don't need to make six. You can't do but this soda. making forty. But no do you know the average American makes makes less than forty thousand dollars a year? Do you know That's if you exactly make over six point, figures, bro. if you make over six figures as a man in this country, you're part of the one percent? Did you know that? 
So you're, you're, no, you you don't need to make six now. figures. Yeah. Yes, you are, so, Blood Soda. Yes, you are. All right, but but I got a question for you. What city do you live in? Um, do I work in or live in? Well, city, state. Because see, I I'm in, in Indiana. New York. I work in the Watertown, New York, near. Okay, um, see, I, you're you have no idea, like the price of things in Indiana compared to New York. Yes, I do. I've been there. I've been elsewhere. Okay, but, but I've lived here my whole life. I could not afford to live in New York. I wouldn't even try to. I mean, it's just because of my prices on things here, I mean, $100,000 is 1% income. I won that in one poker tournament, but I can afford to literally, I can dash here. I dashed for 30 hours this week, made 675. I can live on that. I could literally make 750 every week, live on that, and still have an extra 200 per week with my bills paid. So, do you still want to live the paycheck to paycheck mentality with the No, no, but I'm, say, I'm saying I could do that if I wanted to. And that's in Indiana, though. In New York, it's totally different. In California, it's different. It depends on where you're at in your market. It makes a 100% difference because I used to work construction and I used to work 60 and 65 hours a week. How Pedro was saying that's not sustainable. So it's a matter of if I was working construction and driving a semi there. I'm going to work that many hours, but I can do it door dashing and still make relatively the same amount of money. But in Indiana, it doesn't cost as much. So, I mean, it really depends on your total situation for everybody as far as what is really sustainable. I'm, I turn 50 in a month. I could literally do this for the next 15 years and make the same amount of money I was and work 60 hours and be fine. <coughs> I want to get. I, I really want to get. Hold on, guys. Hold on one second. I want to get Chris Boy in, and then I want to go Sorry, to John. Uh, I want to go to John. He came in last, so I want to get Chris Boy in first, and then John has an opposing opinion that I want to get his thoughts on. But Chris, you know, you're over. You're over in Australia. Uh, you know, what what are your opinions on what you know what we, we're talking about tonight? Yeah, sure. I'll touch base on just a couple of things quickly. Uh, can you do this full time? Yes and no. So you can't do this full-time uh, in Australia, in my opinion, if you have high overheads. You can do it if you've got low overheads. So if you're paying $600 a week rent and you're paying off uh, you know, loans on your car, plus all the taxes involved, all your overheads are running this business, you're going to get fucking eaten alive. Um, this is not sustainable to do full-time in Australia. Now, you can multi-up, you can do uh, whatever you want to try fill out the hours, fill out the time for it. You, you can do that, Absolutely. But if we look at full-time as 40 hours per week, and that's, that's a full-time job. That's the, the average that in Australia, I don't know if America is the same, if 40 hours is considered full-time over there. But if, that's, if that is 40 hours, that's your full-time, that's where you uh, need to earn your bread and butter, then you need to make sure that it all kind of adds up to that. So, uh, uh, JP, you're, you're going to like this stuff. Um, so, pension in Australia is 67 that's when you can jump in, you get your pension, government starts to support you from there. So if you start working at, call it 18, uh, as a gig worker, uh, you have 49 years of, if you look at yourself as working capital, 49 years of working capital to get through uh, as making as much money as you can. 
now, DoorDash is not going to be running uh, for 49 years using drivers. It's just not going to happen. Uh, there's too much automation happening right now. DoorDash literally has a division called DoorDash Labs where its sole focus is to make drivers as obsolete as possible over the next couple of years. That, that's, that's what they're doing. That's the, what they're working on. So if it's tough now, it's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher as the years go on. So the question I, I guess you need to ask yourself is, is the average person changes careers five to seven times in their life. So if you've been doing DoorDash for a couple of years now, you're up for a career change soon. It's going to happen. There's a clock mm-hmm. on it. You're going to burnt out on this. You're going to want to change. It's that's going a to great, that's a great point you. about the five to seven years. Thanks for bringing that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, if you're coming up to a change, if you've been doing this for a few years and you think, well, it's not working out anymore, you've got to start thinking, how am I going to change here? What do I need to do? What steps do I need to get in place to change here? Uh, because, you know, if you hypothetically, if DoorDash doesn't wind down or anything like that, do you see yourself fucking keeling over and dying, standing in a KFC foyer, uh, holding a dash bag, waiting for an order? You, you can't, you don't want to work until you're 67 years old and get your pension from there. You, you, you want to find something that has a bit more meaning, I guess, to your career. Um, use this as a stepping stone. Like Pedro, you use this all the time. You, you call it a step. Uh, you call it a stepping stone. I call it a means to an end. Uh, across most of my videos, set a goal, set a target, hit that target, hit that goal. Uh, now, and, you know, it's not the industrial era anymore. It's it's not uh, a live by the sword, die by the sword. Uh, get a job at the pet food company, work there for fifty years of your career. Uh, we're we're in a we're in an age now where people are changing. Uh, you know, five to seven years, the average change rate of jobs now. Um, so you're not going to live by the tote bag, die by the tote bag. That's not, yeah. uh, not how it's going to happen anymore. But I, I subscribe to a eat what you kill mentality. And if we look at that 40 hours, that, that, that is your core working capital uh, time. Um, I, I think everyone here has a mercenary mentality with that eat what you kill. So we're looking for the best offer on the table, the best deal on the table, the, the best way to make our money through. So if, for that 40 hours, is DoorDash the best way for you to make your money in that 40 hours? If you, um, I, I think Planet Mondo, you, you brought up uh, washing dishes before. So if you're in a, a market and dishwashing uh, is paying lower than DoorDash, sure, go work for DoorDash. That's your best offer on the table. Now, if you can fill that 40 hours out with something paying more than DoorDash, do that. Get the most you can for your time. And then if you want to do DoorDash on top to extra mile, that's the, the situation that I'm in. I'm, I'm in a job where I have a capped income. Uh, I, I could do 60 hours, 70 hours a week at that job. They're still going to pay me for 40 hours. There's nothing more I can earn there. So that's why I go gig delivery driving on top with uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats these days. So you need to add, I, I guess, get the best deal on the table at the time. Uh, these gigs, these gig companies, they're... they're they, they are running us out of business. I, I'm, I'm very curious with DoorDash Labs, um, a division where it's to reduce reliance on drivers. And I, I think, uh, Pedro, you had a uh, uh, you did a review across one of the guys from uh, Driver Support or Driver um, uh, Experience. I'd be yeah. very, very curious um, how they get along in the break room because uh, one of them is <laughs> trying to support drivers. Um, the other one's trying to kill yeah. it. Uh, yeah. It's almost a palliative care situation where they're trying to slowly ease us off and put us to sleep over over a couple of years. Um, when, when we talk about automation, Australia, we, we've just 
We've had drones running for a little bit in the trial area. They've just done a huge rollout across my uh, southeast Queensland region. Uh, a major shopping centre now has drones set up on a carport, uh, a carport roof in a shopping centre. I think I've got like 20 or 30 drones there now. And so they're expanding out across multiple suburbs now. And, and they're having a win with it. Um, even though it's very restricted, and I, I did a video on it, it's just showing like there's still a lot of problems. There's a lot of teething here with it. Um, DoorDash is investing into this kind of stuff. They're partnering up uh, with, with companies making drones owned by Google now. So Google's not fucking around. They're, they are mm-hmm. spending investments on things that they think will work in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, yeah, to, to kind and of... I hear you on all yeah. of the automation. I, I'm more of the opinion, though, because I have heard this all my life, okay? And, and mm. you know, it, it's amazing to me. Most people don't know this, but I think it was 1940 or 46 or something like that. There was a the World's Fair... Ford came out, Ford or Chevy came out and said, they're going to have an autonomous, they, they displayed the car, it was an autonomous vehicle in the 1940s, okay, and said that this will be ubiquitous within 10 years. It's 2023, and that's that car is still not out there, <laughs> okay? Yeah. And, and I don't think it's going to get out there. It, I think it'll do it, but I don't think it'll do it in my lifetime. And I, I figure I'll be around another 20 or 25 years and uh, I, I just think what's going to happen is it's all going to take much longer. Here in the United States, you can't, with knowing what I know of aviation, you can't do uh, the drones. That's There's a real big problem with that is that it's really highly regulated for very good reasons, okay? Because when it wasn't, uh, planes were running into each other, and that's not a good thing. Okay, because mm. people die, right? So, and most of you are too young to remember that. You know, every week in the seventies, you would hear another jumbo jet crashed and uh, as it was taken off, or, or or they ran into each other. I mean, these are serious, you know, uh, yeah. ABA, and that's why regulation came in as strong as it did, and 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 it and it's there for a good reason because they want it to be safe. I get you. I think I'm 100% with technology. That's I completely agree. I just think it's going to take much longer than what they believe it to take. And, uh, and, and that's, that's all I would say on that part is I just think it's going to take a long time, but I do agree that DoorDash is not something I would do. (laughs) I wouldn't do DoorDash for 25 years. That's for sure. I did. I did. I I was in the Wendy system for 25 years, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't do, uh, something like that today. It's, you know, like you said, it's five or six years, seven years. I'd do a lot of different apps, but I would. Yeah, I think Chris brings up a, a yeah. I think Chris is bringing up a good point about the average uh, employment term yeah. over the last 20 years. It's, yeah, it's, it's called that seven year itch, right? You get that. And I'm, I'm looking back at some of the jobs I've had, and that's very accurate. I've only had a few jobs, but if, when I look at that, you know, people like to try new things or they get Most tired of something. One to three years now. Yeah. Or, right. Now it's even up. probably. Yeah. Now it's even lower. I think <laughs> that's and why I, we I have the great. Re- that's why we have the great resignation, man. Well, I think the <laughs> pandemic, the one thing it did for a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people, what it did was it forced us to spend time and think about things differently. Right. And we had time to think about how do I want to do I want to go back to work? Do I like to stay home? Do I want to start something for myself? Do I you know, and I think that was one of the good things about it. Like it forced a lot of people to figure out that um, John McKillian. What's up, man? Has a different so, opinion about some stuff. I want to get John's input, man. Go ahead and jump in, John. 
Yeah, so the reason why I wanted to hop on is because I knew mostly everyone was going to be pro gig economy. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've been doing food, or I was doing food delivery for four years. Uh, I dashed in Los Angeles, California, and um, I had to get, a, I had to go get a W two, a full time W two, because I was doing food delivery full time, part time, and full time on and off. And um, it just got to a point where you know, like Pedro was saying, I was working six, seven days a week, and you know, the whole freedom and flexibility thing was just you know bullshit because. I was working six, seven days a week just to get by. And, uh, you know, here in California, we have something called Prop 22 where uh, it enables drivers to take garbage offers and, you know, because they, they get money on the back end. So those three, $4 orders, you know, going three or four miles or whatever, they turn to six, $7 orders. So I think customers have caught on knowing that uh, drivers are willing to deliver whatever offers. So tips have dropped. Um, I, I was in a large order program. The average tip was 10% or less. Um, so large order program wasn't, wasn't helping me either. And basically I want you guys to know that, or kind of see my experience as your possible experience within the next six, 12 months, because the money, the money dried up out here. Yeah, sure. I could still be out there taking, you know, 10 mile orders of 14 bucks or, you know, doing all these non-profitable orders to generate cash flow. But at the same time, at, you know, at some time my car is going to give up. I'm going to have to pay for repairs. Um, I'm going to have to, you know, spend more money on maintenance and all that stuff. So I think a lot of drivers, um, and you know, this is, this is not on anyone because I used to do food delivery as well. But I think a lot of drivers are, um, you know, clamoring on to flexible flexibility and freedom. You know, for as long as they can, just to um, and, you know, generating cash flow when they realize that they're not profitable. They're generating cash flow now, but what's going to happen when they need a new car, need a ex- uh, new engine, a new transmission, or some type of uh, expensive repair? You know. John, I appreciate you sharing that with us because I know that that was. Let me take you off solo. Hold up. Sometimes when somebody's somebody's spitting some knowledge, I need to put them up by themselves. <laughs> no, but I, I know, I know. Plus, I just like to some you know do that sometimes for the people. But I, I, I know your experience um, in the last couple of months with these apps has changed. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And and like and like people will probably say in the chat, you know, yeah, some people in uh, the the Cali market or LA can make good money. Yeah. But for John, it was like, Hey, I don't want to be working six or seven days a week. Right. So I, I referenced that in the beginning. And I think, I think a lot of us, if if you have monetary goals, or if you're trying to work down debt, or you got to just figure it out to keep food and lights on and keep the bills paid. Right. Yeah. Or your significant other lost a job or whatever it is, you got a new kid, you got to take care of. Some of us are going to have to work six or seven days a week. I've done it. And I think there's a lot of uh, uh, pride in that. I think that's a good thing. But my whole point is, like John's saying, that is not sustainable long term. You know, I, I, you know, I want, you know, six or seven days a week, it'd be really, really tough. Right. And I think a lot of people have to do it just based on the econo- the social economics of their family and the opportunities that they have. And that's fine. Right. But for us, we can't say we have freedom and flexibility, but we have to work seven days a week. We have to work at certain times, because that's when the money's there. So you got to work weekends, you got to work nights, right? Maybe you're not seeing your kid, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle. So where's the freedom? Where's the flexibility? If you have to be in your car for 10 hours a day, that doesn't sound like freedom and flexibility to me, right? So we're trying to figure out how do we balance it out a little bit where you can take some days off. And I think many of us can do that, but I appreciate you sharing that because I know that you went to back to a W2 because that was your, that's what you saw you had to do for yourself, you know? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Sorry. Let me just address one of the comments. Um, 
I can't remember who it was. Um, someone was saying that, oh, it doesn't matter in their state because their their cost of living isn't as high. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you know, we're all worried about automation. But the real competition is these apps keep adding drivers. Yes. Um, you know, I, I've been I've been seeing a lot more drivers in my market. Um, I thought I was done with DoorDash, but I still do it every now and then uh, just to test out the you whole know, Diamond Zone BS. And, um, you know, honestly, I, I barely have orders hitting my phone and I see new drivers walking around with their fresh bags and, you know, they look, you know, they look like freshmen in high school. So you could just tell they're new. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if you're if just because it's working out doesn't mean that it's going to keep working. So I would make a backup plan at least. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, well, let me welcome in. Uh, hold on one second. I think this is Victor Kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? Good can you hear you. us? Hey, hey can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Welcome, man. Welcome. I saw you. I saw you backstage. Uh, I want to also let me kick it to uh, the Cowboy Courier. I know you jumped in earlier. Do you got anything else you want to you want to add to this conversation, Cowboy? Maybe he's not with us anymore. Oh, hold on. I don't you think they're what? here. I think- no, I think he bounced out. I tried to get him back in. Uh, Victor oh, Kid. Okay. So I don't, I don't know how long you've been in with us, or how how long you've been watching, but go ahead and share, share some of your uh, what, what's on your mind with us uh, tonight. Well, I think, like I, I've heard everybody, and I, I'm, I'm understanding, like, but this is what I was having the conversation before with JP when we're trying so hard and fighting so hard to try to make companies do what we want them to do. Like I said, fight Goliath, but it's like I was saying on my end, I think we're putting our effort into the wrong fight. The see, see the, I think the companies fooled us. If we, we think, Oh, because we can schedule it, we have freedom, but that's not how it works because eventually you still have to go back to the app it's what I was, what I've been saying all the time is we need to learn how to get skills, things we can do without ever having to use the app ever, or, or maybe use it even if we want to, maybe use it on a Tuesday if we want to, and, and then maybe on a Wednesday, have our own business and do what we want to do. And I just think that really what we need now is to get people to learn skills so that they can use the app as a tool to do other things to have freedom. That's just basically what I'm saying. No, I like, I like that. I think, you know, I think skills um, for me, skills and right now we need skill. Like we need licensed technicians and plumbers and electricians and construction workers, like people with like a trade or a skill, like there's a high demand for that. Now, not everybody wants or can do that, but I think that's a great point because those kind of those kind of labor type of jobs or skilled jobs or trades or whatever, like those things will always be like they're going to be around. And I think there's a demand and the, the the monetary money you can make with that. And there's a cost. Maybe, you know, some of it is a physical cost or a time cost or you got to put a little money to get a certification. But like those things were going to be a lot more sustainable, I think, for a lot of us than uh, DoorDash, in, in my well, opinion. So, well, well, yeah, because DoorDash will always be there. And, you know, and look, I understand completely with uh, Bud Soda. Like, look, I, I, if I really wanted to, I could get 600 in a day too. But do I want to keep working 16 hour days or 14 hour days, seven days a week to keep doing that? No, I don't want to keep doing that stuff. I, I want to learn new skills. So I could probably maybe get that at a different job doing, doing what I, you know, what I really like to do. 
like I, I've saved enough money doing DoorDash and Uber. Like I'm, I'm planning on going back to school and getting certs. That's, and, and that's what I would say cash, right there. Cash it's flow. all about, and even if it's trade school, but it, or but, but and a lot of people, it's college. But Mike Rowe said uh, last week he was interviewed, and and I and he, he said that the average people <laughs> in the internships that they're putting them through, they're coming out making a hundred grand a year as a plumber, an electrician, yeah. Uh, construction yeah, worker. Job. Um, yeah, that's that's good money. Okay, trends, uh, trends aside, like, there, there is so many, uh, so many different ways to upskill them on these days. You can jump on Udemy, and there, there's like just Chris lists Jane, of courses for twenty dollars. Yeah, can I can I yeah. mention something real quick? I think a lot of people blur the lines of the freedom because, like, that's the beauty of DoorDash and these gig jobs, right? Is having the freedom to, let's say, you schedule yourself something happens with your dog, you don't have to call work to call off. You can just delete your dash and you're done. You don't have to. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a great benefit. It's a beautiful yeah. thing, right? But a yeah. lot of people blur the lines and they make it just as stressful as a nine to five. I see it in your comments all the time when they dwell on an order that they took on Monday and they're commenting on Thursday about the order from Monday that, that yeah. they're still pissed off about. I'm like, yo, this sounds yeah. this sounds just as stressful as a nine to five. This is no, listen, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Mondo. I'm guilty of that, too, man. There are times and I've gotten better. But yeah, I'm thinking about an order a couple of days ago. Like, what? Like, is it really that serious? Yeah, you know, I, man, we shouldn't be because it's not my business. It's not my company. And some people say, yeah, you got to run it like a business. I think there's a lot of value in that. I think we should be looking at it oh, yeah, yeah. analytically like a business, a P&L, break down your costs. And I think that is invaluable. And a lot of us need to be doing more of that. But at the end of the day, when I drop off that McDonald's, if I did, my, if I did what I needed to do and the consumer's happy, and I had a good pickup at the merchant, that's done. Like that order needs to be out of my mind, right? right. Like it's not, it should not go past that uh, for me. I also think a lot of people make the excuse of like, we have our own delivery business. Like we technically do, but they make it sound good. But I think they justify like sticking to this forever because I have my own delivery business. Like, we do DoorDash. We do DoorDash. It's not, you don't have your own truck. Nobody's calling you. It's, anybody could do no, no, that. No, no, no. So, so, okay. So listen. So, I, I do believe there can be some self-sustainability if you build up. You can do some private food delivery, say a restaurant that's not on these apps, and they ain't going to care if Joe Shimo like you walks in and orders for someone else. They do care if Grubhub, DoorDash, or Uber Eats does. And you can go private shop for the merchant. I, del- I deliver um, their food service order because they pay me. It costs them less, and they get it faster than if they waited for the food truck to come bring it. So, yeah, but but so to how much? What is that? Maybe a, maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars a year, right? No, it's not. No, it's not a lot. But, my my, my is, point is, anybody get, could have their could own get delivery. A lot business. of these clientele to where eighty percent is that, or maybe you can even make it a hundred percent. But that's just going to be a small portion of what I have planned. I have six different businesses I could do that I have experience in, and I'm you know I'm a people person. Obviously, I can shoot the rebar and talk to people i'm good at delegating you know i'm very i'm i got the gift of gab like you said before with me so i can do these things and i know i can it's the point that i have to bust my ass now to make that a reality and if but, you're sitting around being lazy making six hundred dollars a week and thinking you're gonna be wealthy someday you're living in a freaking fantasy land delusion no offense to anyone on this panel because I know almost all of you know how to make your money. Uh, I don't know some of you that well. So, yeah. But, like, I know most of you really know how to hustle and make your money. 
John went back to a W two and he's doing great for himself. He dabbles in the gig app part time a little bit here and there, but most of us need to face reality. Act, treat it like a business because if you don't, you get complacent. Complacency is the freaking devil in this kind of business. Let me ask you a question, Bud Soda. Yeah. Do you, do you feel complacent? No, sir. I I okay okay. I appreciate you answering. Okay, that. you 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 think. Could you elaborate? Because I think I think you feel comp- I think I think you're a little complacent. I think if you worked a little bit less last year on DoorDash and worked on other things that you have I, in your mind, I think you'd be in a better spot right now. I need the capital to do that, though. And yes, I sat around all the press last summer, and my personal problems got in the way of my future. And then, like I was saying in the chat, I let people use me like I shouldn't because I'm goddamn nice. If I can overcome those two obstacles and keep pushing that's where i'm going to be within the next two to five years but uh can i just ask a question um across so you're trying to set some uh goals aside you're trying to hit these goals across with it um it it sounds like you're working 80 hours a week right now just absolutely flogging yourself so i'm going by like christian did he is probably the only gig tuber i can think of that he's going to be a millionaire the guy's going to be wealthy so who are you talking he, about? I want to be Christian. Call me little. He's the oh, only okay. person yeah, I, I can think of that has made a super success of himself. And he, and he runs a really successful business. Well, several successful businesses. So he made himself from nothing to something. That's basically where I want to be in a somewhere of a similar fashion. So, Bud Soto, let me pause great, you there. Yeah. How did he use the gig economy to get to where he is? Share that. Share that. <laughs> give, me, give me 20 seconds he, on what he did. What did he do? He busted his tail and made the made quick, fast money and used it to propel his business idea. How long? How long did? How long did he do it? How long did he do it? About a year, I believe. There you go. That's what. That's my point. Okay. This is not a sustainable. He used DoorDash the way I think is the great way to do it. Now he's has an extreme situation, but he saw an opportunity. We as gig economy independent free-thinking, self-employed individuals, the ones on the on the panel, the ones in the chat, the ones that are watching on a replay, we have to stop thinking we have to do DoorDash for this exuberant amount of time. It could be done in a shorter amount of time if you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he did that, right? So that's yeah. my whole point of this live is that we have to look at it like, okay, for him, it's a year. For maybe Bud Soda, it's five. For Chris, it's two. For Nick, it's maybe three. For JP, maybe it's different. For me, maybe it's seven. Whatever, but it, it yeah, that's if, not if sustainable, retired, right? We have to we have to have an exit one, strategy. We yeah. have to have an exit strategy. He had an exit strategy. He's probably not doing DoorDash anymore, and he's probably financially more secure. And I, I, I bet he's probably physically maybe more well because he's not. He literally travels. Working. He literally travels the world for his work and he makes. So there you go. That. So what's I'm not it, saying that's going to be what's normal. What's this guy's name again? I, I didn't hear it. I, it's a, it's called call me little. He made a, he made maybe five or six gig economy, uh, based channel. Oh, I know videos. who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So his experience is extremely rare, but what, I, what I'm saying that Bud said, what I want to tap in on is he used the gig economy <laughs> just to make a lot of money in a short amount of time. Yeah. So it could propel him. He, and he used it to get out of debt. Is what he really propel sure, him to yeah. get skills. Yeah. 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 Propel him to I get mean, more skills. Isn't that the whole point of what we've been trying to push for the last few years between yourself, 
him, UDM, and a few others. Absolutely. We, we're, not he- we're not here to sit here and be complacent and make our money off DoorDash our whole time. We need to move. We need to adapt. We need to grow. So I want to be to a point where I'm doing personal shops because I do enjoy doing that. But that's not going to be my mainline thing. I've got a mowing business. I could do a tree business, automotive, car detailing. So that is skills I'm passionate about. And I love selling stuff. I love helping people. So if I could integrate all of that hey, and put a little elbow grace into it, I'm going to do well. What's up? I got a question for you. So, because you're talking about so many different things that you can do. Like, see, yeah. my passion is poker. People think I'm crazy, but I've won $100,000 in one poker tournament, and that's what I'll do full-time. Yeah, that is and crazy. this is going to get me. But you need to pick one right. thing and completely go for that 100%. I think we need to diversify. I disagree. No, well, because if you stretch yourself too thin, can you really put all your effort into making money at one thing? No. So okay. So Until you get I, it started well enough, because at first you got to do one thing really, really good. Let's do the long care landscaping. Do the long care landscaping thing that grows into the tree world because I know a lot of people in that world who are much more talented than me. But I can delegate and I know the business. And then car world, I've been a part of that business for a really long time as well. I know that. But really how well. many years till you make profit in the tree nice. business? Otherwise, you're going to go in so much debt. You've got to exactly you've got to make profit before I'm you start diversifying. I'm not going to take loans out to do this. Cash flow was it? I was telling guys in the chat. Oh, you you could hedge your credit. That is a horrible idea. You will burn and fail if you do that. I did that when I was in my twenties. I've learned my lesson. I'm going to cash flow this crap, and that's why I bust my ass every week. <clears throat> yeah, I just think if you spread yourself too thin. You're not going to be able to put enough energy into one thing to really get where you want to be. You need to get a solid footing at the one thing and really get where you want to be and then start to diversify. Because so, so if you try five things at once, you're going to just kind yeah. of mediocre. So the, so the first one's going to be the landscaping, lawn care, and snow plowing in the winter, and then doing the car detailing. And then I grow those businesses from there. So, but you, you know, but so you now, don't need to do. You don't need. Uh, you you can take a landscaping business can be run in such a way to where you'll make yeah. You'll make a good right living now. At, out of that, huh? Look what it's doing right now. It's raining. You can't do car detailing and landscaping when it's raining. But soda, but soda. You got to yeah, do one thing. Way. You got to you got to do one. Yeah. You got to do one. Okay, you thing. got you guys want me to sit here and make forty thousand dollars a year and be complacent? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, you got to make forty thousand one year. The next year you make sixty, and then maybe hopefully the next year you make seventy. I'm getting old business. for that crap. I need to make a hundred grand now and have the money for it. Right, but if, hey, if hey, you focus on one, I'm year, you can make more than hundred grand versus the six things that collectively may make the same thing. You know, and 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 really, in order to grow it exponentially, uh, but so do you have to have you have to, it, you you have to be able to scale it, and you're not going to scale. 
most of the things you talked about, and maybe the landscaping you could if you got enough people, enough players into it. But you certainly oh, yeah. can't do that through shopping. You, you can't do it through any of the gig apps. None of these are going to be scalable for the long term. Um, That's exactly because, my point. I'm not looking yeah. for these for the long term. I'm looking for it for the capital for the short to get those to grow. That's what my point was, JP. Yeah. I, I yeah. really appreciate I hear, your yeah. advice. I, you got sage advice, man. But I, I tell you, I would just tell you that, you know, a lot of it has to do with education and all the rest of it. But I hear it's funny because I've had uh, this conversation with other people, actually other people very close to me. And uh, and and, you know, and they're, they're now kind of happy that they that uh, that they listen to their old man's advice. So, so OK, so <laughs> the landscaping ones, the one I have the most experience in and the one I know the most about. All right. So do you think I should focus on that? Yes. And that, if, that if you're good at it, yeah. if you're good at yeah. it, do that and put all your energy into that. If you, you know, you, what you described before was over a hundred hours a week doing gig work, man, that's, that is crazy. But, but I do need the capital is my problem. I take my hat off to you. Well, you only need a certain amount of uh, capital for, for, for landscaping. So, so, okay. so the landscaping and, business I tried before and I didn't yeah. have the capital and I tried it with, you know, residential equipment, not commercial equipment, and I burnt hard. I like okay. I failed in probably six seventy five hundred dollars in the debt. Okay, so but I get. How about you try this? Have you ever used rental equipment for like your lawnmowers and stuff? You can't for a be month. profitable. You can't be profitable. Well, it's, I used. To, well, right hold on. I used to work in the tool rental business, right? That I drove a semi for them. That's what I did for like ten years thing is you can write that off at the end of the year as a business expense so it may not seem profitable at the time but you can see like this summer right see if you can get a couple clients and make it profitable and start it kind of if you're working 80 hours a week anyways what's it going to be if you spend 25 hours a week trying to build your lawn business well, if you don't have the cash flow, you're pretty much screwed. But how much cash flow do you actually need to rent a lawnmower to work for 30 hours if you well, get... That, 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 that's what happened to me is my competition cut my throat and he cut his own throat doing it. Yeah, that's going to happen. That, that happens there. in all businesses. That, that, that's business. I mean, that's always yeah. going to happen. Because yeah. I beat yeah. him out for the big bid, so he went out and well, cut my throat on all the personal yeah. clientele I had. Well... Don't don't try and get a bid bigger than you can handle right now. Yeah. Start with small bids. Yeah, Go in a neighborhood. Yeah, I I have I, I can tell you I had somebody that I knew well that uh, had uh, that had had three clients. All right, and he said it was the biggest mistake he ever made. Um, and they paid him a sick amount of money for a long time until they didn't. All right, so uh, now that same person then found then found several hundred clients and making even more because you got to scale it. It won't yeah, stay. I, so I, you know, that's I, not gig work though. That really is, that is your own business. Yeah, I, 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 I want to be doing these commercial contracts for like the mall, the retail stores on Fort Drum. And then I, also well, but you've got to work up to that. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, that's like always- me saying, I want to go win the world series of poker this year, the main event. <laughs> I've got to work up to that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, just gonna, not going to happen this year. I mean, shorts and Seven Elevens, and I'm going to work my way. You know, you you get my point. But start you know? start with houses. Yeah. 
every lawn business starts with doing residential. Yes, yeah, unless you one. have a super stupid amount of money behind you. That's what I'm going to. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have tens of thousands of dollars to start. Well, to have start residential and build that money that way. Build your business. Word of mouth will sell more than any advertising you do in that business. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. let's. Uh, sure, I don't want yeah. to. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Let's. I want to rein it in okay. for a second. I don't want to make <laughs> yeah, this yeah, the, yeah, okay. the Bud Soda Power Hour. Right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's good. Do not apologize. Just, these these conversations always organically will go where they go, and I'm fine with that. I love that. Okay. Um, it's, but it's I, I, good I think I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to. You know, I, I knew tonight when I had this topic in mind. Okay. I knew it was going to be a little spicy, a little like it might offend a few people. It might make you feel not great. It might be like, well, fuck this Pedro guy. He's talking about I can't do this forever. And I made $2,000 a week. I'm in California. Like all these things can be true. And that's fine. Right. But I stand by my point of I don't think this is a long term job. I don't. And the reason I also say that is because DoorDash and Uber and Instacart and Walmart Spark, they don't want this to be long term for us, guys. Their business model, in my opinion, without working for the companies, is intended for us to do this for a short-term amount of time, right? So everything that they do with the programs and this and that and the activations or this or that, it shows us that as well. So we have to be thinking about, okay, what do they expect from us? What's the average longevity? How are they building the app? How are they they, uh, marketing to new drivers? How are they retaining or, or not retaining? How are they getting new people? So we have to be thinking about that stuff. And I think it's great to make 200 bucks a day. That's most people in this country don't make 200 bucks a day. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but most people in America do not make $200 a day. And even when we make it, we're actually not making 200 bucks a day because there are costs involved and things like that. Right. Um, But I think we have to get out of that mindset of looking at just, I need to make this amount. Because overall, you're not going to be where you need to be. Most of us that watch this channel, that come to YouTube, go to Facebook, go to Reddit, go to TikTok. If, if you know, a lot of us, and my, my fear is a lot of us, a majority of us will be in a bad spot in five years. Yep. I think a lot of us will still be doing, we'll, we'll either go back to a W-2 making less money than we're making now or about the same and still really not being very fulfilled and not feeling like we got anything out of our DoorDash experience. My my goal is that we get something out of the gig economy experience so you could fold it into something where you feel a little bit better. Right? I think a lot of people that do these apps feel okay, but also a lot of people that don't feel really great. And um, I don't know. You guys jump in, and that's just – I just wanted to well, give that in What's it like there. over in America um, right now when it comes to – you call them W-2 jobs. Are you guys seeing yeah. the, the, the wages shoot up through the roof like there's no tomorrow? I've watched just general retail workers almost increase by 50% over the last – probably three years since COVID. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the same here, man. It's exactly the uh, same. Not here. everywhere. Not, not every, it's not quite it, 50 it, everywhere, but I would say like the average McDonald's person might've been making pre pandemic. They were probably making close to 10 and some of them. Yeah. They're making maybe 15 now. Um, but inflation has also gone up for those kind of people doing that type of work. Their rent four or five years ago was also 800 and now it's 1200. So really right. they're not making more money because they're spending more 
to live in the same place. It all right? balances out. Yeah. We're paying, so we're paying exactly. eight dollars for eggs right exactly. now. You know? Exactly. Like, exactly. Tomatoes are two fifty. So I mean, it's exactly. like, well, our politicians and your politicians are making the same mistakes. They artificially raise the floor, which artificially yeah. raises inflation, and then they spent all this crazy money throwing the Rona money around, giving people free money, and that is what completely devastated our economy and why we have rapid inflation and then the interest rates are low and they threw out a ton of money to bail people out <clears throat> yeah well there was a brewer everywhere around the world uh, we've seen that um i, I just want to make a point um uh, each time i go to the, the, the local uh i guess shopping centers here or malls i think you guys call them over there um half of them if not three quarters of them all have signs up they're all looking for staff right now and I, I think a lot of young australians they don't want to jump into retail work they don't want to jump into hospitality work because they know that they jump into and they commit that 40 hours, uh, you know, 45 hours per week if they're doing overtime. They, they can't pay their rent anymore. They, they can't they can't get ahead anymore with that. They're just working to live. So I think everyone's trying to find ways to plug these holes right now. They're saying, well, can, can I do gig work? Is, is that the solution I'm looking for? Do I need to go back to W2 work? And yeah. they're, they're just trying to find a solution. I think a lot of people are getting very frustrated. So, like, a lot of people here are returning to quote-unquote traditional work the problem is is they didn't balance it and now they're back to square one and making less money they did in the gig economy like Pedro was just saying so if you use this as a building block and like I said you make most of your dinner or most of your money during like the dinner hours if you do that part-time and you make 500 a thousand extra dollars a week you can really really have a big shovel and either dig yourself out of debt or really put it towards something big you know you can put half of it in investment and then you can throw the other half of whatever business ideas you may have or just do whatever you know but we're lazy in america your question it's the same oh yeah i agree us we we have everywhere you go you'll find them in some areas like here in north carolina it's uh you know most mcdonald's and burger king and wendy's employees were probably making less than nine dollars an hour now they have signs up 15 17 18 dollars an hour to start yeah, and i, I was I, in that yeah, business for a long time and it, it it's got to, it's it you know but they're also you now go in to get a big mac <laughs> 10 bucks okay for a big mm-hmm. mac and fries okay yeah mm-hmm. it, it, no it's it, uh it, it, i it's saw I, <laughs> I saw a single hash brown is now two dollars at mcdonald's Two fifty nine. Two fifty nine. Yeah, it's even using, more. It's almost three dollars. Yeah. If you're not using these fast food apps, you are spending an incredible amount of money to buy freaking McDonald's or Taco Bell. What's up, Dad? Dash, welcome like, to the show. So they also want you to use those because that frees up manpower and it costs them less money and labor. And yeah. everyone gets all pissy about not having a cashier. I'm sorry, automation is the way, guys. Get with it. <clears throat> let's bring. Uh, let's welcome Dad Dash. I want to get him in on the combo. Go ahead, Dad Dash. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, uh, I guess first off, touch on, you know, I've heard that this discussed a couple of times tonight um, about the idea, or you know, a lot of times, or a lot of what I hear is people discuss the idea that we are uh, a business. Well, the thing is this: uh, read your TOS on every single app, and each of you that is working for the apps have agreed your business. Um, that is the relationship you're agreeing with these app, with these apps, platforms, whatever you want to call them. Um, there, if you read the recital, which is the top of each agreement, it it lays out the parties in the agreement. 
and you're agreeing when you agree to the TOS that you are a delivery business and they're matching you with a merchant and then with a customer that needs your services. And I think the, the primary thing that I see and having come from the business world and coming in to do this, not to make more money, but more or less coming into um, just change lifestyle and have more freedom with my time and get out of the rat race that I was in previously. But um, those that are approaching this as if this is an employment opportunity, that is the problem because you're not going to get what you're, you're not going to get that out of this because you've got to have a business plan. You've got to have a plan. When you approach these apps, you've got to have a plan, how you're going to work. You've got to be able to know your bottom line, crunch your financials, keep track of records. And these are a lot of things that the average individual gig driver, it's going to be overwhelming. And if you're not, let me, ask, that, let me ask you a question real quick. Cause I think you bring up a good point. Do you think, like you just said, that, do you think the average person in the gig economy, whether it's DoorDash or Walmart Spark, Instacart, Uber Rideshare, any of them, like the food delivery rideshare, do you think they're actually looking at it in that regard, like a business? No, or is it just a short-term opportunity for a little bit of cash on the side to pay a cell phone bill to keep the lights on, the rent? I, I mean, I've mean? had a lot of conversations with different drivers, I mean, that are out and about when I'm sitting there waiting for an order. And overwhelmingly, I hear from people that these are individuals who are a lot of them uh, who've come in and they're, and they're kind of in a, at least in my area, which they're kind of in a, they, they were brought in a, out of a desperate situation to try to find a way to make money. And they're looking at this like they're working for like Walmart or something like that. Like it's yeah. an extension of that. And it's better than that. And they have no plan. I mean, I was talking to a driver out there one in particular day, had no car insurance. Um, he had every excuse why that why he could not get other apps because I was kind of talking to him about the problems that he was having. I said, well, "You've got to get other apps. You've got to. I can't afford this. I can't." I'm thinking to myself, "Your your mindset right there in that conversation told me everything I needed to know." Because yeah. if you're a biz, if you're inve- if you're a business person, you're investing in your business. When you buy a hot bag, that's an investment in your business. You have money from the revenue you're generating to invest back in your business. Every business that's out there reinvests revenue that they're making back into their business. And you have to do that if you're going to grow and you're going to be better. So if you're not growing, if you're not reinvesting back in yourself, if you're not, but you don't even know what you're going to reinvest back in if you're not keeping track of your stats. And overwhelmingly, from what I've spoken to, at least in my area, most are not keeping track. I mean, they're looking at the information the apps are giving you. Well, if that's all you're keeping track of, the apps are giving you, you've got to have something to vet against what the apps are giving you. Because I can tell you that even when you're doing the, like, like when I was, for about two weeks, part of the diamond. And then of course on the shop and delivers, they'll give you times, they'll give you miles. And that's not accurate. Um, because I keep yeah, sometimes the time, the time, the time that the app will tell you on DoorDash specifically, I think that's what you're talking about. Let me yeah. know if I'm wrong. Sure. If yeah, it so. tells you it took you 18 minutes to complete a lot of times, it's more than that. You're talking Correct. about that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. And I'm yep. keeping track. Like, cause I, I mean, as soon as I through, through, through driver utility helper and then through just being able to, you know, having my sheets right there and, and having the, the devices I use to keep track of things. I'm keeping track of this stuff to, to understand because I want to, you know, for me, when I'm coming in and doing this, I'm look, I, I'm trying to come in and understand like, what's my work rate? What's the, what's the amount of hours I need to work to earn what I want to earn. So how many hours do I need to spend out 
to earn X amount of dollars. And I want to understand what time of day, what time I need to do that. So I haven't, so I can anticipate, am I going to be working? If I go out and work four hours, how much of those four hours will I anticipate that I'm working? Is that 60% of the time, 70% of the time, 69% of the time? My average for myself right now for the year is 71%. My average this month has been 68% of work rate. So it's a slower right. month, but I'm actually, um, you know, it, it, I'm on track, you know, in April, um, I came in short. Now that was not necessary. That was because I didn't work as much as I needed to, but you know, I was off by a few hundred dollars of what my goal was for April, but it was also due to the times that I ended up working. Uh, I didn't work enough. I mean, I was there for, you know, sometimes yeah. four hours, sometimes five hours, but I only worked two and a half hours out of those five. So let, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Do you think that, um, well, first, let me ask you: How long have you been in the gig economy? How long? How long? Have you uh, actually, been in? it's two years right now. Okay, um, so two years. What, in April what do you think? It will. Do you think you'll be able to make more money two years from now? So we're in twenty twenty five. Do you think you'll be making more or about the same or less? What do you? What's your? Well, what's your best guess right now? My guess would be that it will be the amount of time I want to work. And also okay. as long as I'm adjusting and figuring out what apps I need to work to make the money. So the question is, will I make more money on DoorDash in two years? I don't know because I don't know where DoorDash will be. I know DoorDash in my area is saturated, tremendously mm-hmm. saturated. However, I work, you know, I have 15 different apps right now or platforms that I have available of which I'm working six actively on a daily basis, but I have another nine that I can learn, get out of my toolbox and go to work for mm-hmm. if I want it. If I want to stay in this, you know, doing this. Yeah, in this um, in this field of work. In this, yeah. in this field yeah. of work, which yeah. the way yeah. I see it is, is it's you know, people say, well, what do you do? And I, you know, or you know, sometimes you know, my wife said, well, what should I tell people you do? And I'm like, I, I'm in business <laughs> for myself. Just you know, <laughs> business. I, I do it all. I mean, it's courier service. I said, that's why I call myself. That's why I came up with a you know, Dad Dash Industries. Because I said, right now my focus was. I realized my kids, that's what brought me into this, was I realized I was losing touch with my kids. I have a 17-year-old now. He was 15 yeah. when I got in. And at, thir- yeah. at 13, he was 11, and I got a three-year-old. So I got him, like, all over. But I realized my oldest kids, I was missing out on lots of stuff. And this has brought mm-hmm. me the ability to go in. So it's like dad first. I run them around. I have opportunities to be with them. And then dash. I'm dashing around, and I'm dashing around doing whatever I need to do to make money. And that's the way I yeah. see it. And that's why. I no, I love that, man. And that's, that's yeah. a big reason why I got into it as well. That balance. We all want to achieve that family and not feel like yeah. you're missing out on a sporting event or music recital, a family dinner. Like for me, the value in that on a lot of days outweighs the monetary amount. So it means Absolutely. if I want to be home at 6 PM to cook dinner for my family, put my daughter down to bed after a bath, yeah, if I came home at eight instead, could I have made an extra 50 bucks? Yeah, that's really realistic. Absolutely. But what's the cost of that extra 50, right? The relationships, my health, how I feel. I feel like when I work a little bit less DoorDash, long term, it's going to be better for me, even also monetarily, I think, because I could focus on other ways to make money, other invest, other things, right? Um, and I think that's what's great about the gig economy. But I think I find it interesting when people, when you said your wife says, what should I say when people ask? Like, I tell people I deliver McDonald's and I kind of laugh about it when I say it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I deliver McNuggets for a living. Like that, that's, yeah. and I, and I do content creation. Like, and I, I kind of like, you know, 
it's like a proud yeah. thing for me because you know I I do okay by delivering McDonald's and people look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> But I don't care because oh, yeah. it pays the bills, you know. Is there, is there a stigma over in America against delivery drivers or something? I don't know. I've heard it mentioned a couple of times. Um, people yeah. trying not to show their delivery bags and um, not openly saying, yeah, I drive for DoorDash, right? drive for Uber Eats. So I go to a barbecue and I say, I drive for Uber Eats. Everyone's got fucking 50 questions for me. That they're ex- excited yeah. about it. They're like, no way. Um, but what, Chris, I think, like with, I think with yeah. some people, yeah, I think there is a – with some people, there's a little bit of shame or like some consumers even look down on delivery drivers. It depends. But I, I definitely think in this country, there's a little bit of that. What do you guys say? Well, well I, so, yeah, I, it, there's a but I think it's, it goes even deeper than that. I, now, and I spent most of my time in the fast food business. Right. And when I was with Wendy's, I always had a Wendy's logo shirt on. Okay. When I was with Burger King, I always had a Burger King logo shirt on. And that's how when people came to know me as, Oh, you're the Burger King guy or in the Popeye's business, uh, they knew me as uh, the the Popeye's guy. And Mm -hmm. that's, but I was always proud of what I did. And and unfortunately too many people are ashamed of it. And I, I was never ashamed of it. I knew I knew that I was earning good money for uh, for what I was doing, and, and 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 just like this, when people ask me what I do, I do you know I, I, my answer is simple. I do DoorDash. I do uh, I do deliver that. I do uh, uh, dumpling. I do and people are asked what's dumpling and uh, shipped. I do Instacart. I do whatever whatever app is going to work for me that particular day, and I have my favorites, of course, and DoorDash isn't one of them. But I can sometimes make great money on it, uh, but it's not uh, – it's a filler app for me. I make far more money doing the others. Um, so, so, yes, but it is a it – it's a pride thing. It's an, it, it, some people are ashamed of it. Um, I don't know. I'm not, but uh, I, I don't – No problem. I, like, I, like, I think in America, if you would look back, like, 18, 19, like, before COVID, there was a huge stigma on it. You, you know, W2 was still like a huge thing. And, you know, you would have like your bags like, oh, your delivery driver. What? You don't have any skills to do anything else. You can't get a W2 job. Now I'm seeing people who have like in 2023, I had a I was waiting for order at Pizza Hut. A guy who had an HVAC business doing DoorDash. <laughs> you know, it now it's affecting everyone now. So it's like. Yeah, there's still somewhat of a stigma there, but it's not as big as it used to be because everybody now in America is getting to that point, <laughs> even with businesses, that you're at some point having to do something else like DoorDash or, or like some type of delivery, something else, you know, so. Like, like, well, like I think it's thing. something like Daddy Dasher said. He said something about mindset. He said Daddy you, Dasher. Hold on. It's Dad Dash. Dad Dash. Dad Dash. Well, we knew who I meant. I love that. I love that. You just made him Well, smile. I can't read it on my phone. Yeah. And it doesn't have it on the big screen, so. You said, I'm I'll here go for entertainment. Um, but it's about mindset on everything. Whether it's DoorDash or whatever you're going to do to make money, it's about your mindset. I could give two shits what Karen across the street says about what I do, I could care less as long as I'm making money and doing what I want to do. I could care less. And until you get to that mindset, it doesn't matter what you do. You're still not going to feel like a person worth anything. 
That's a so, good point. So here, here's my thing with the landscaping. So if I have a rainy day like this, I can still do the apps and make make some money, and you know, go do more work on another day. Like then I'll have a 16 hour day, which will suck, but I can do those. And a lot of people look down on this work, even though you can make some incredible money, but you have to have the right mentality. You have to have a very business and hustle mindset, in my opinion, to do this. You wonder why I go crazy like I do. That's why. I, I think, I think, yeah, I think if you're going to do it for uh, 100% of your income, you definitely have to. I think if, like most people, 90% of drivers with DoorDash at least, and I think for other apps, if you're doing it for once or twice a week for four to 10 hours, you, the business part isn't as important as somebody like Dad Dash doing it or Bud Soda, right? I think there is yeah, a little yeah. bit. I think there's levels to it, in my opinion. Well, you think about it. A lot of people go out and do this for two, three hours, and then go sit in that drive-through and spend pretty much every single thing they just earned. You know, no. So it's a <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah, with to, to the add the mentality, people are keeping themselves poor because they don't have a, the right mentality about handling money and being business mindset. To add, I'm to... going to talk. You know. To, I could also add a perspective because what what brought me to the gig gig economy was one of them was my my middle son was talking about it. But previously, what I did without getting into all of that, I was in finance. I did I was a ran a loan company basically, and we one of the ways I saw this as an opportunity was because now this is in an area where I where I had a lot of people coming from in the, in the D.C. suburbs. Um, and I, the loans I did was were, were something that gig workers specifically would use. Um, and I did lots of loans for gig workers. I can tell you right now, I crunch bank statements. I crunch, because I, to, to give them a loan, I'd have to do a two-year spread. And there are people out there making as much as ten to $12,000. I saw it. And, there were, and we're talking from, I used to have to get the, the payout slips from all of the different gig companies, which is what brought my attention to it. And I said, wow, I don't, you know, this is something that you can make money doing. Obviously, it's market specific. So my specific market is not going to generate that because the incomes, you know, it's all income based. Where these guys are working and where I can go work, if I want to, if I want to go drive an hour down the road, I could go work in those markets. But again, then that takes the dad part out of it. But the point is, is that in certain markets, there are workers, there are drivers out there that are running shipped Instacart, you know, using them all, shipped Uber, Instacart, DoorDash. And they're, and they're generating that, or at least they were as far as two years ago. Now, what's going on today? Cause I haven't seen that. I haven't been doing that business in two, you know, in, in, in two years. I can tell you, I saw it for myself. Well, I, I yeah, in two years ago, in 2021, yeah. I generated $158,000 in revenue, but I did an awful lot of ride share. And I got to tell you, it was not unusual well, for me. These to get guys a, were doing twenty-five or thirty dollars sticky surge. So what I can tell you, what these guys were doing was shipped in Instacart um, uh, in the area I, that, I didn't do that, that was then. Um, and that was now well, again, Instacart. Is Instacart was if you were an Instacart shopper right at that pandemic, you were killing it. Like okay. you, you could yeah. easily make four hundred bucks a day consistently. The shift was a big one that I saw where yeah. people were making a lot of money doing that. And it was all, you know, I guess people were tipping, but ship was also paying out, I guess, you know, a lot of base pay payouts too, because of how it all worked. That but, is, you're in uh, West Virginia, right? I'm in West Virginia, right. I'm, okay. I'm at the, I'm in the panhandle. So I'm, I'm literally right about, I'm about 58 miles outside of DC. So DC, yep. I have a lot of options to where I can go. You know, yeah. like I was in on what was it on Friday. I decided to, because it's been so slow in my market, I started to ride up to Bethesda. 
And I mean, just, I was, I was only there for a few hours. So I had to come back um, to do some things, but I was there. I worked like two and a half hours and made $158. I mean, it, mm. and when I got there, I mean, I didn't make it past on the 270 and my phone was going off. And it was just like, I mean, I was getting $39 offers, not large order program, $39 DoorDash offers. Now they were like businesses and delivering, you deliver flowers there. You're delivering, uh, like the, 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 the fruit, the, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but it's like fruit and strawberries. And mm-hmm. you got, I mean, and this is lunchtime. This was between um, one o'clock and four and like four o'clock. And I couldn't believe it because between one o'clock and four o'clock on my market, it's crickets and you're just taking, you know, what you can get and, and generate it. I mean, you're looking for the high times. Now there's, there, there's DC, man. Yeah. DC's got a lot of money in DC, in certain parts oh, of DC. In the area lot, I was in, the welfare. Got a lot of money. Oh, wow. yep. And, and in okay. DC, because I got some, I got some people out there. Like they, a lot of people like to having their shopping done for them because they're busy doing other stuff, and they got a little disposable income. So they look at it like, hey, I'll pay somebody and tip them to do my shopping, so I can save that time and do something else. You know, so I think it's, you know, some markets are just so unique in that way. I did a apps. You know, that day I did a thirty nine dollar uh, Uber Safeway order, and it was for twelve items. Guess how much was the tip? Zero. Five dollars. Oh, no. Zero. I couldn't believe it. I figured there had to be like a big tip in there. And it was zero. They're just paying. It was a Uber, Uber, it was Uber Eats. Oh, yeah, they, okay. Sometimes the base pays high on those Uber Eats. I mean, and they were just to get it. Now, it turned out, you know, I was an out-of-towner, so I got it. And I, I think the reason why it was so high was because I, I learned a hard <laughs> lesson about not knowing the area. And I ended up delivering to a high-rise. Uh and, you know, yeah. I'm parked out there. And, but luckily, I had all the equipment I needed to get everything up, and it wasn't a really large order. Had I taken, like, a 40-item order, I'd have been – I mean, you had to go in through the door. There was a code for the elevator, and it was, like, on Using the back, fifth felt. floor all the way over <laughs> to the other end. And I'm thinking to myself, but it was 39 bucks. I got it done in, like, 58 minutes. And I was Oh, like, that's, that's was great, happy. then. That's great. That's yeah, I was happy. $40 I mean, it, for an it, hour yeah, is fantastic. And it, was, and it was three miles total from where I accepted the order. But it was three miles, but down there it's, like, five-minute miles. So it was, like, a 15-minute drive all the way around. Yeah. And I was like – but I was like, wow, this is, like – crazy down here and i couldn't believe i figured the customer must have tipped me 20 bucks or something like that they tipped me nothing you thought where this person yeah. lived they would have tipped you something but they didn't tip anything and uber paid me 39 bucks to do the order so i was yeah. like well, it's a totally different world down here uh, compared to like you know where i'm at which is yeah, totally saturated but also you got to figure the median income in the area i was at uh Per individual is sixty eight thousand versus the median income where I live is twenty seven thousand. Yeah, I was so going to say it's got to be almost a tremendous three times. difference. Yeah, that's a oh, huge, yeah. tremendously huge difference. different. And you're yeah. going to get three, you know, you're going to get three times less because people just don't have the, the disposable income to tip you or spend money on the apps like they do down there. I want to welcome Stephen and Stephen. You got some background music? If you could turn that down, then I could. I could. <laughs> Bring you in, and you could uh, share your thoughts, and I'll uh, I'll unmute you here if you could turn it down. There you go. Uh, so, there you go. That's better. Thank you. Yeah, so, Stephen, what? Uh, go ahead and join the conversation. Jump on in. What do you What do you got on your mind tonight? Everybody seems to be looking at it wrong. It's a cash flow business. I have a finance degree, I'm finishing a finance degree, and the way you need to look at it is cash flow. It's not about turning a profit. It's about you taking that money and tax writing it off. And then, like you're saying, transitioning it into other stuff. You're basically extracting the value out of it. 
If you're trying to make it a profitable endeavor or business, you're doing it wrong. So are you That's saying that you can't – hold on, Bud Soda. Are you saying that you can't be profitable and you should just look at the cash flow and figure out the taxes and all your expenses in a different way or expand? No, I'm saying that your goal should be whatever you make should fall under that umbrella of a tax where it's free. And a Mm -hmm. lot of businesses run that way and are successful. And the other Mm -hmm. part that I have a real problem with a lot of people on DoorDash, DoorDash is a broker. They're not a logistics you yeah. have two parties and they're trying to wedge themselves in the middle mm-hmm. to take a profit and put you two together. Mm-hmm. And they don't even, they're not even an efficient or a good broker because if they were actually doing this business properly, like even with a carrier, we should be allowed to bid. They should actually have a bid. And we can't. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just basically yeah. getting that percentage from the merchant, which is 15 to 30%, mm-hmm. right? right? And, and uh, aligning double. us exactly. with. Yeah, we're lining us with the merchant and then they align us with the consumer. And uh, I I don't know. I think, you know, they tell us they're a logistic technology company. You're saying they're a broker. I don't know. I think none of these companies are technology companies. Uber's not a technology company. Instacart, DoorDash. Technology companies make stuff. They they make, uh, you know, they make computer. Apple's a technology company. Uh, Google and Microsoft; those are technology companies. Well, let me let me put it this way: yeah, for they, a couple of they things. don't they they all want to be a, a, a technology company because they want to enjoy those huge margins, and they they're in a really small margin business. So, but yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying there, Stephen. It's yeah. they, they're a broker; that's all they are. Um, yeah. and, and what I want to add into this and kind of push in real quick is a couple of things. You know, they're like Uber if. I was going to pick one of the two that would survive because they're the big two. It would Mm -hmm. be Uber because they went laterally with food. Ultimately their job, what they're trying to do is replace taxi service and be the front runner into automated driving. Yeah. That's how they started. They, they did replace taxi service. But but I mean, they want, they want it to be automated. Like their ultimate goal is to get rid of the drivers and you basically rent all the cars like Turo. And, and mm. you go through them. That's their deal. And they're going laterally adding food, adding ride share. DoorDash doesn't have that. DoorDash is just food. They've recently tried to go lateral into logistics and carrier like with auto parts stores. Yeah. You know, things like that. But well, They're in auto parts and retail and um, but where grocery. They make their money, yeah. Where they make their money is double dipping both sides, charging the business, and then playing with the fair fee to us. And then selling the data because they take our data, whether you like Mm -hmm. it or not. And then they turn around and tell these large companies, well, you know, Whataburger doesn't want to do this. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I have about 150,000 points for you data points, which is our data, not selling our personal data, but using our data that I can tell you you can increase your margins. Or I can tell you if this person's clicking on this more or this is what's popular on your menu. in this area, And that's where they make their money. They make their money off from that, not off from us. So, well, and you've seen that we've seen them partner with ADT and mm-hmm. other companies that are trying to make, you know, want oh, yeah. you want to do the safe check-ins and want to, you know, so they mm-hmm. definitely have a lot of, they're definitely making uh, who knows mm-hmm. how much. I, you know, I'm sure it's tens of like millions of dollars with just stuff like that. Yeah. And they're a lot like MoviePass. They're trying to force themselves into a market and say, we're the norm. You don't want to go to a store. You want us to deliver it for you. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do with a lot of people. And from our side, like there is a business like a last mile. It's really, truly like a courier last mile. 
that's what you're really trying to be. Well, when you're doing that, you're trying to go, how much money can I cash flow and not have to pay taxes? So I'm never having to come back on this. You know, and that's so like what I, is your you're talking about? You came in talking <coughs> about ca- cash flow. What is in your opinion? Right. You, I think you said you're getting a degree in finance or you have one. Is that correct? I've, I'm finishing this spring. Right. I got I'm you. basically okay. graduating. So what is your uh, by your best guesstimation or the knowledge that you have with the companies and how they're utilizing the workforce that we are? What would you tell somebody that's wanting to think about doing DoorDash or Uber Eats? For cash flow, right? What's what's the longevity? What's the esti- what, how long you think they should be doing that type of work? Well, and that's kind of like a finance thing. It depends. What what's your angle? You know, what's your market bear? What's your capability or capacity? That's the big thing. Capacity. I mean, me doing it since October of last year. I mean, me doing it full time. And yeah, I'm one of those guys who work six seven days a week. I, I average about two hundred and about fourteen hundred a week gross you know but at the same time my capacity is probably about two to three orders an hour so you work back from that and then you work the mileage how much mileage are you actually doing then you can you could do hours or mileage but in reality when you break it down with a lot of these deliveries at least where i'm at you're still falling under a cost of mileage less than a courier would make or about the same and that's where doordash is doing on their side for us it doesn't make sense for them to pay a driver 30 or $40 an hour contracted or not when prime Amazon prime standard drivers, $16 an hour. That's right. Now you can factor in some more and say, okay, it's 23 or 24 because they're a contractor and we're not paying this. We're not paying, you know, medical dental, yada, 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 401k. But that's what they're aligning with because they have to go back to investors and go, why are you overpaying them? Where's our profit? Well, I think DoorDash on average is paying between 10 and 13 bucks an hour. If you look at the base pay, whether you do an earn well, by order or earn by time, if you do two or three orders an hour, they're way under the the, the norm or the average, the industry average for a courier job. Yeah, right? but, but what I'm so, saying, though, is is a prime driver makes about 16 an hour where I'm at in Texas, 16 to 20 on the high end. I can tell you if I get over a number too high with orders, unless there's just not enough drivers for demand, the algo will drive it back towards that average. It'll drive it back to a $16 an hour. It'll start doing that. And it works for your benefit too, because then they can mess with your AR. They can make you take orders that you don't want. I do better on Uber, but I will tell you one or two days out of the week, DoorDash will outperform Uber. Yeah. But I also do courier work. So if I need medical courier work, if I need to use VHO or whoever, I will find something in my area. If it's paying better to do that in the morning, and save it more towards the back end but that's just where it still comes back to you it depends could i just do uber right now for five years where i'm at probably yeah could i just do doordash it wouldn't be as effective but could i do it yeah but my goal starts from how much can i make tax-free and cash flow this business and that's an actual finance thing a business Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be profitable to be alive yeah but eventually eventually though that's going to come home to roost because the IRS is eventually going to step in. Remember, you got the three-year rule. You can only show losses for three years when you're doing something like this. That's not where you've invested and have that, that investment in it. So, well, you should be writing as an LLC from the start, not as a 1099. And that's where I'm saying people are doing it wrong from the beginning. You should be an LLC from the start. You shouldn't. Ever- hey, my 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 family, which is full of accountants. 
the, the CPAs or, and, and, and some that are actually uh, lawyers and um, uh, CFPs, they say that as a, and in the gig world, it doesn't, uh, you know, an LLC is, is useless. It doesn't do anything for you. What does it do for you? Do, what does it do for us that, that we can't do on a schedule? Six? What it's doing for you in that aspect is it's putting a layer of protection and you're also required to pay yourself. So as you're doing that service, as that work, you're deciding when that pay is or how that pay is. If I always have it to where I'm not paying myself, I have stuff put through the LLC, then I'm cash flowing that. My car is there for that. And businesses still write off cars for their employees to use on on or off time. That's just mileage changing. You could technically rent or lease to yourself and have that business and write your property as a rental property. You use that LLC as an avenue through all that stuff and you do it legally. You also can pay yourself the bare minimum where you don't have to pay taxes. You know, you still have like, you can go up to like half of your pay to put into like an IRA or whatever that's tax free. Then you turn around and you're paying yourself the bare minimum where you fall under the lowest tax bracket. But you can still let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Is that is that for three years though that you could run it in that particular way only, or is that for the long term of your LLC company? You should be able to run it regardless. I mean, you don't have to be profitable. Nobody says you have to be profitable. It's not illegal for you to be profitable. You know, the problem is, is if you're trying to over manipulate it, like I use the example, if I, if I do 300 miles on a car a day, the standard tax write-off for that car is like 62 or 64 cents. I can write that off. That's almost $200 a day. So you can stop there if you're doing more. You don't have to write that off, but you could also write off your food because you're working. You could have a business card and sit down and have a meal with somebody and talk to somebody and write that off. That's like everything behind you right now. You could write off as props for your particular business doing YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying is, is people don't understand the umbrella it gives you. Well, I understand the umbrella it gives you. I just think that there's, I, again, I think there's a time it, as an LLC, that's a, that's a bigger conversation. I thought mm-hmm. maybe you knew something else that's different. I'm going to talk to one of my, one of my brothers who is the sharpest accountant in her family yeah. and, and see what, and, and see, cause you, uh, um, somebody and else was on a cut last week that, that, that runs everything through an LLC and everything I've read makes mm-hmm. it say I, I it, there's no advantage because you have expenses to run an LLC. It's not free. Mm-hmm. You, there's filing fees and you have to have an agent. And there's all kinds of things you have to do in order to form a company. And I just did, I haven't been able to see the advantage to it. Well, uh, it depends and, on where you're saying and if you file it individually or not. I mean, there are different types. I mean, and you, there's still a different structure you could do. You could do a corporate structure, you know, now, when people talk benefits, now what you're talking about is more of just an individual one under yourself. You can still appoint other people that are limited liability appointees in there. They don't really have any power. They're there. You can still have your one meeting, talk about what you do, and you move on. Hold on. I got to say this first because I, yeah. this isn't a financial advice. Yeah, it's not a financial advice. Just a disclaimer. I don't want somebody yeah. coming it's after me. I, I like my YouTube channel. We're just, yeah. we're All right, talking. I'm going to file an LLC right now. Yeah. Right, right. I'm just saying that you have umbrellas. You can do things. And even the yeah, other yeah, way, yeah. you know, even if you're doing it under yourself as a 1099, you can still make it to where you're negative and you're not paying taxes. 
Did, did well, I pick up before that? The... I mean, especially right here, it's a great deal because most yeah. of uh, most of what you earn is, uh, you know, uh, it, it, you don't pay taxes on. Um, yeah. And, so, and uh, I mean, to answer Pedro's question, can you do it? Yes. I would say like me, I'm in Texas. You could do it in DFW. You could do it in Houston and run for five or 10 years. Now, if you're in, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi, probably not. If you're in Alabama in the middle of nowhere, probably not. You know, that that's the one thing. And then like with Bud Soda on the, on the business part and debt, back to that one. If you understand interest rates and how those work and growth on your loan, then you know how to do that profitably. And most people don't know that. So that's where a lot of that comes into that too. So well, I think you had a question, right, personally. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, did, did, did I pick up on the, the conversation there that, that you guys can claim mileage? Did you, did you just have a, a cap on how much mileage that you can claim? Is, is it unlimited across the year or is it? It's unlimited. I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys have a good, we, we can do um, <laughs> we can do 5,000 kilometers over here and, and that's it. Um, yeah, that is really? our cap on taxes. That is, yeah, you, yeah. You, guys, you guys have a good, that is a brilliant tax rule. I would, I would absolutely claim so yeah, much I mean, on you thousands can... back. And you can itemize it. I mean, I know some people who say you need to itemize, just not take the standard. And I mean, when I did the math on mine, I think it was like I'm spending a thousand dollars a month for a minivan. And that's another thing I tell people. It depends on what you drive. Like I'm driving a minivan. So I can do different types of career work that most people can't do. Like I can fit a lot of stuff in the back of that van. You know, lay the seats down, pull out the mid row. I can do a lot. But I, I just find it fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. But so, I mean, you can itemize yeah. it. I have fuel paid out that way. It comes out to about a thousand dollars to two thousand out of like the six I would make a month, or forty, you know, forty-eight if you want to do it that way with fuel and that, and then the rest is cash-free because it's all paid off from the mileage. Depreciation on the car, um, with yeah. the cap on the mileage. Um, mm-hmm. Course, but like, that's all you know, part of the mileage. It, it, yeah. It, it, you are you saying you do both? Is that what you're saying? Is no, I'm not saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. he could. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Because you can only do one or the other. You can't do both. You. He's I, I, I've never. I've never done an analysis for anyone that I've done taxes for that mm-hmm. uh, that does gig work and and does more than let's say thirty thousand, thirty five thousand miles a, a year. Uh, they. It's always going to be better with the mileage. Um, the standard deduction. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not all in Texas where you have a lot of high money miles. <laughs> well, you you might, know, I can put 60,000 miles a year on that car if I wanted to. Oh, I know. I, I yeah. drove. I, I, had, yeah. I had restaurants all over Texas. So I, yeah. I drove in, uh, yeah. 20, in 2020 and 2019 and 2018. I drove 100,000 miles a year. I get yeah. it. I, I know that. But what I'm saying is, you, when you have mileage, it, you it, you get a much greater deduction for that. I, I mean, my mileage deduction for last year, God, I can't remember the number, but I want to say it was forty eight thousand um, yeah. dollars. Yeah, and uh, or forty two thousand or something like that. So it was a lot of money. Um, well, you drove I, a lot my, of miles. Yeah, I did, but yeah. I also didn't spend. I can tell you, I didn't spend that for the cost of the car. My car's got 450,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. The wonderful automobile. All right. Um, what do you have, a Toyota? Uh, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's a Lexus. I have. I, Lexus, my okay. This is Toyota. And again, I was going to tell Bud Soda, he just needs to buy good quality equipment because it'll, and you take care of it, it'll take yeah, care JP, of it. Yeah, JP, JP, we can't tell Bud Soda anything. I've been trying to tell him some <laughs> things. Bud Soda does what he wants. That's why we love him so much. He's just, yeah. you know. And you um, maintain um, it in the last, you know, I'm yeah. going to drive that one until it, but I'm getting a, I've had vans too all along mm-hmm. the, the, in the six, seven year, well, 2016 is when I started doing this. And, and since I started, I've had two vans. Um, somebody out in West Texas uh, completely wiped out my one. Um, it was mm. an employee of mine that I let him use it to, to go deliver something. And uh, uh, and literally, he totaled it. But the, next, the other one, I just figured it wasn't – I wasn't going to make any more using mm. it than – because I really – I, I, I stopped doing rideshare. And rideshare, you know, on Excel, I could do – especially at late at night on Friday and Saturday nights, I could make much more money on it, but that would be the only time it made sense. But that's mm-hmm. interesting conversation. Gentlemen, I'd love to continue, but I have to go. I've no, got, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually just, I've got I'm gonna, three catering that started. Yeah. Do you think JP, I'm going to start, I'm going to start wrapping gotta, up. JP, appreciate I, you coming on, man, and have a good day tomorrow. Get some yeah. sleep. Yeah. It's good seeing you guys. And we'll, uh, we'll talk the next right. time. Thanks, man. Good to see you too, JP. I think uh, what appreciate you adding in that conversation, Um, Nick or Vic, the kid, dad, dash, if you guys got anything to you want to add, I want to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Any final thoughts about the topic tonight? Is it sustainable? Um, Should we be looking at, I think, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I'll stop. Sorry. Um, I think if you look at what Steve and dad dash, I'll get it right this time. Um, we're saying and with what jp was saying if you actually treat it as a business and you really look at it as a business and you take all the write-offs you can you can make it sustainable but so many people i think aren't looking at it that way if you do that and actually try and make it sustainable and you're in the right area you can make it very profitable Mm -hmm. but if you're in a bad area you can't like see i I'm in Fishers, Indiana, which is like one of the top five cities they rank yeah. in the nation. And it's just huge out here. I mean, but I have a lot of eight, nine mile runs yeah. to where I'm running back to restaurants. But I mean, the money out here is stupid. Hmm. But if you're in a bad area, it's still not going to be sustainable for years, no matter what. Yeah. Well, and I think been- that the. I think the sustainability situation, you know, question comes down to what is your purpose for doing gig work? Uh, if your purpose is to make this a business where you're trying to generate full time cash flow to pay all your bills, is it, you know, then the question becomes, can your market support that? And um, I think the issue comes down to a lot of drivers can't answer that question because they don't even know probably half the time what they need to earn in the first place. And then secondly, right. yep. they don't know how to understand what they've actually earned and what is actually real. In other words, what's spendable money and what's money that is going towards all the expense side of what they're doing. They don't even know if they cash flow out, as Steve, Steve was saying. And the thing is, is it really that question really comes down to, you know, when you get into doing this, the first thing is approach it like a business and have a plan, have a business plan. You are going to open a business tomorrow. You have to have a plan and your goal. But the, the unique part about gig work is, is you can actually add in there and say, well, my plan is to be more present for my family and to earn X amount of dollars and then to further this. 
And that's your plan for the year. And when you're assessing it, unlike when you're assessing, say, if you're in the corporate world or you're working for a company, they're assessing how well are you meeting their, the company's goals. You are the company in the sense that it's what are your goals for the year. So the thing is, you all should be having a goal setting session with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was every year, we were I came from a very goal oriented environment. We had goal meetings from the top to the bottom in conferences for the first two two months of the year. And it would all come down to understanding what are the goals for the year? What are we supposed to be doing and what's the plan and how are we going to do that? And then come August, how are we doing on those goals? What adjustments are we making? What are we doing? And all of it was in reaction to numbers. And I think a lot of the issue is, is people don't know how they're doing. So you can't make adjustments. You can't react. You can't change things. You don't know what app's working well for you or what app isn't working well for you. And everybody's going off a feeling. Well, I feel like it was really good. Oh, I feel. And if you're going off feeling, you're going to remember the $300 night, but you're going to forget the $80 debt. And then you're going to exactly. not the overall and that, and that, the fact that, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm short on that. So you no, got I think, like, And I think that we have too many drivers that are looking and working the apps in that regard. And that's where I think we're hemorrhaging our future capabilities of what we really are making. And we're thinking we're actually making more sometimes than we are. We're not thinking about the future enough and we're going to wind up, we're just hamsters on a wheel, man. And I feel like the reason I like to have these types of conversations is maybe a few sprinkle of people will hear this and realize, Hey, maybe I need to do this differently. Look at my goal setting differently. Maybe I am working too much. Maybe I need to look at my numbers. Yeah. I made a thousand this week, but you know what? I didn't track my mileage. I didn't track my gas. I didn't, track how many hours I did per orders I did per hour. Like, am I really making money? Like, am am I not? Am I preparing for my future? Do I pay the taxes? You know, how's my car doing right now? Am I listening to it or am I just turning it on and abusing it? Right. I think we have to start. I think I want more drivers to be looking at it like that. Otherwise you're just going to be, you're just filling in the holes. Right. And if that's the case, just go get a W2 to where you actually have a little bit of like, like, like uh benefits in some regard you know what i mean and you're not you're not actually running an automobile down too much and you actually might be able to take a day off here or there and i think a lot of us are just working too much without actually having a a positive result that we think that we're having but i don't know and what i want to add on that real quick though is like what you were just saying there's days i've made three or four hundred dollars but when you look at the mileage Mm -hmm. i was down at like 40 cents a mile and then there's days that I've put 200 miles on the car and I pulled two, 250 and, and I'm, I'm almost at a dollar a mile, which if I think whenever I looked at the average, it's around 60, 60 to about 53 is what I normally see in DoorDash in my market. And that's really low for me in yeah. my market, but you're yeah. in a place where obviously I think you referenced. There's a lot more highway market. miles. There's more highway miles. I'm a little more densely populated. My average mm-hmm. runs like three to four miles, right? Yeah. So it's obviously very different. Yeah. Now, what I can yeah. say that's different too is, is I've never seen an order over $30, even if I had high AR or low. I've On average, what the average typically is, is six to about 16, unless there's half. But what I can say, though, is, is I can get 28 or 30 by taking one on DoorDash and it immediately following something in route with Uber. So, yeah, I've got a I've got, I've got a larger market as well. And I mean, I can tell you right now uh, that I can confidently say in my area, you know, you, you're 
running dollar fifty or higher is not going to happen. I've got, I ran between a dollar thirteen and a dollar fifteen every last three years. This year, right now, I'm running at a dollar fourteen a mile in my area. Now, there are some days I'm better, you know, dollar seventy. It just depends on what's going on. But I've got a rather big market and my main market that I have, and it runs you from one side to the other yeah. if you're running, depending on the app you're running. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are you guys are running way more than me, but I think yeah. you're obviously at this point probably having some days where you're would go out and might make more of a dollar amount, right? But my yeah. my, my profit margin is going to be higher than yours, but your cash flow might be bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, you yeah, definitely but I'm, don't but I'm run okay as many miles I just, as I do. Yeah, I just I just I just work the apps a little differently than I did mm-hmm. a couple, you know, even just six months ago. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. I mean, if I if I was only getting like sixty cents. Oh man, I don't even know if I'd go out in St. Louis. I just wouldn't be, yeah. you know what, you know what I'm saying? I, I just couldn't do it, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, but that's um, like a standard courier is going to make anywhere from about 75 to a dollar. Right. A real courier makes about 75 to a dollar for their season. But I can say, Pedro, that, you know, like, as I mentioned the other day, I went up into the more metropolitan area with that, where it's more zoned out, probably like St. Louis is, where you have zones right mm-hmm. on top of each other. But like mm-hmm. I said, I was, my mileage that day was like $2 and 23 cents a mile because yeah, I was just, in a smaller yeah. area. I was able to control it. I was able to stay right there and the payouts were coming in bigger. Whereas yeah. my area is so stretched out. I mean, you have gaps between, I call them, I, I call, you know, mm-hmm. I reference it as islands. It's like you have an mm-hmm. island of restaurants over here, island mm-hmm. over here, and you got 10, 12 miles in between. So as you're ping ponging yeah. in between, you know, my, you know, my average delivery size, well, this year is like 1223 per delivery, but my average miles per delivery is 10 miles per delivery. 10. See, my, miles. my average, my average delivery so, is about eight bucks, you know, but I'm only driving yeah. two and a half or three miles for that. Yep. Right. And, and, and if I so tried to live there, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to find enough orders to support going out. And yeah. because there's just not enough in a concentrated area because everything stretched out, it's in a lot of rural country. Yeah. But your benefit is it's, it's easier on your automobile. I, for me, you know, my tires, my struts, my, you know, those, (laughs) the brakes, like I've really have to like, it's so much stop and go. It's crazy. Right. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I like the highway mileage sometimes when I can get it, but even when I get on the highway, when I'm getting off, I'm hitting bumps and potholes and it's like Mm -hmm. five stop signs and then a stoplight. And it's like, you really start over time. So once you get to that, three to five year market doing this kind of work. If you're using the same automobile, you're really going to start to see some significant changes in how that car is going to perform. Right. And then that's a whole nother ball game of expenses or do I have to get another car altogether? Like at least for somebody, if you're working in a, a zone like mine, you know, what, what I did on that is I bought a, a throwaway van. I bought an 08 Odyssey. And in the first two months when I was turning, that was profit after things were paid off. I redid stuff. So I had the timing belts and stuff done from the dealership. So if it blows up on them, I went to Detroit auto. I bought, spent $200, bought drilled and slotted brakes and put it on, put new struts on. So I basically went back through and did most of the things for the mileage. So I've essentially got everything new right now to wear out. And that's written off. You know, that's part of the write-offs too. That's where going back before where I was saying itemized or not itemized. When I start adding all that up, then I cross compare is the 60 cents mile overall standard good or is this itemized deduction good you know (laughs) that's where people can actually kind of repair their car 
if they're doing that, they can repair the car that way and write it off because they're technically doing work. Yeah. You know, and that, but that's like you say, you have to have discipline. You can't spend mm-hmm. the part of the portion on this. You have to make sure you're doing that and understand that. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, Chris, um, Nick, or Vic the Kid, anything you want to say before we uh, round out the combo? Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go first, man. You're good. Uh, uh, yeah. All I was going to say is like, see, what I'm hearing from other, from, from people, from you guys is basically like, yeah, it used to be really good and very consistent, but now it's like starting to fluctuate. Some days are good, and some days are just really, really bad. And I'm noticing that too, and I'm starting to see the signs. But that's why I, I'm, I'm like, I'm telling people, it's like, look, the companies are telling you, hey, we don't care about you. You're seeing the fluctuations. The signs are there. I know I keep saying skills, but what I mean by skills is just it's not like we plant cash flow is great. Sustaining the business is good. But I mean, are we really trying to say we're going to keep doing DoorDash for the rest of our life? No. Mm. So all I'm saying is that's great and all, but I, I think we should really put more effort into finding a way to not only sustain the business, but to use that money for other avenues and thing mm-hmm. freedom for what we really, really want to do. You know, but that's just me. So. I, but listen, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, that's, you know, and, that, and that's not going to be for everybody necessarily. Everybody has their different goals and where they're at in their journey and their life. And it could, that could come with age or whatever financial responsibilities you have. But for me, that's like the long-term benefit of doing this kind of work is you got to fold it into something else. And the people that I see that have done this type of work, gig work, not just, you know, maybe not just food delivery, but any kind of gig or temporary way of making cash flow or money, whatever we want to call it. The the ones that have worked it and had a plan and did it for a set amount of time, whether it was six months, a year, five years, and then they let it go because they got to where they wanted to be. Those are the people that at least in my life and I see on, maybe content creation or whatever else people sharing their story um, people that have had a measure of success, whatever that means for you, whether it's monetarily or with your personal time, family, your health, you have to, you can't, you have to fold it into something else. And I'm, that's why I wanted to have this conversation because to me personally, that is extremely important. And I've been doing that the last two years on this channel. Right. And like, I want, I want to see other people come up and share hopefully a similar success and they could actually start. I can see like people folding it into something better because like, I'm just like, even personally, I'm tired of making the fucking video. I made $200 a day. <laughs> Who cares? Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm over. so tired yeah. of watching struggle like, and clips of things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm over. Yeah. And I've listen. I'm, I'm like, part of that problem. I've made yeah. a lot of videos because I show my journey every day, but we have to come to a point where it's like, we got to be celebrating within this community, other things. Right. And it doesn't have to be money necessarily. A lot of it will be that because we are off to work. Right. That's what we do. We want to come to YouTube for tips and tricks and whatever else in a new program and what's going on and how do I, you know, make a little bit more money or how do I not lose as much money? But like, we got to figure out like, what's the next thing? Like, how, what are we really doing with this? Right. Well, then that um, should be like a crowd search pivot where we bring up things that people talk about that they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And then help them find that. 
You know, that's yeah. what I would oh, say is, yeah. is like, because I mean, that's like for me, I fundamentally just from the finance side, if you're doing DoorDash, I don't know how you don't take a look at it being seriously of doing courier work. Yeah. Because you're essentially a courier. That's all you are. Mm-hmm. You really are. And if you want to have that sustainability in that line doing that, then you should figure out if you can dispatch, learn that. You should see who's around you locally that needs work or demand. You should look at if you want a transit van or not, something a little bigger to handle heavier cargo. Mm-hmm. And then network that because I know there's tons of people that are making over 100K a year just moving stuff with Courier. Now, will that stay forever? Probably not. But if you can get in there long enough and work that as a business side and set up a dispatch that's running for you, even if it's locally, just last mile, you may be able to take a cutoff and that turns into passive because you let that business run itself. Yeah. Well, that's really big yeah. right now. With, you got yeah. the metal couriers, you got curry apps, mm-hmm. roadie. Um, you have a lot of, you know, that that's definitely a trend that I've been seeing in the last six months to a year. A lot of people mm-hmm. are hopping up on that and taking advantage of it because that's where like the big dollars can be as well. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, in heavy equipment, too. I mean, like you want to buy a full size pickup, you buy that for the business, you write it off, you do the heavy depreciation front loaded, you've paid off a new pickup. I mean, and if you don't like it in two or three years, you can offload and you got to yeah. play with the toy. Like there's ways. we Yeah. Can... yeah. Like, like, uh, like there's a guy. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Vic. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, there's a guy I know, he has a box truck, and he, you know, upscales that business. He's trying to find more people. He can make, like, 600 bucks in a day easy, you know, yeah. just th- things like that. I, I know I talked about it before. I have a bit of uh, – I made a business now where, you know, I pick people up from the airport. You know, I, I did a Vistaprint thing, like, hey, here's my number. You know, you have people that need – I mean, it because for some reason, Pete – People that are out of state that come here and even like people, well, there's some people who just don't want to use the app. They don't like the app. They don't mm-hmm. like taxis. They mm-hmm. like an in-person and, and that was my niche. And I, mm-hmm. I can make like 300 bucks <coughs> doing that. Just mm-hmm. using cash yep. app. Chris and Nick, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll just run through, round out my kind of points very quickly. Um, average person, they change career uh, five to seven times in their lifetime. So uh, I, I guess to anyone watching in this, start thinking about when's your career change coming and put some thoughts together, start to think, what do I need to do for that? Or what am I interested in? What am I passionate in? And second point to round out, I guess, uh, gig work, it's it's a means to an end. It's, it's always been that way uh, in, my, in my view for it. Um, and... Sorry, Pedro, I'm just going to plug my channel for a second. I've got a, a major Please. series coming out. Uh, I saw May. that. Go ahead. Talk about it. Talk yeah. about it. So this is uh, purely a uh, means to an end thing. This is a uh, – I'm using gig work to uh, pay for a holiday to Thailand. I'm labeling the series The Road to Thailand, just doing DoorDash, Uber Eats, going across to Thailand. So I'm going to make as much money – what what money I need on the, the goal and target for it to get there, and I'm going to bring you guys along on the journey. But it's a – a uh, perfect example of using it for a means to an end, using gig work to pay for a holiday. Nice, love that. I saw that. I think uh, I saw I saw it come up on my thing. God, just in the last day or two, I feel like so. I feel like it's relatively new, and uh, I'll be I'll be watching that man. I think that's when I see stuff like that. It's like somebody building towards something, and I think it's great that we can make videos about other stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be like building towards a Thailand trip. That's extravagant. It's fun. It's very unique but like i like that kind of stuff because it's 
I think for me, that's what makes DoorDash great is that you could turn it on and figure out I need to make or want to make this money for this. And I think it becomes a grind when it's I need to make DoorDash to keep the lights on. Right. I think that's where the sustainability, in my opinion, starts to kind of like waver a little. But uh, I'll definitely be checking it out, man. So that's awesome. Uh, Nick, Nick Smith, any uh, any final uh, thoughts, my friend? I just think things like this help because it shows you the different thoughts that everybody has, like the mindset thing, like and treating it more like a business, even being more responsible at it, which still, if you have the right apps and everything, isn't that hard to do. Just if you treat it more like a business, you can use really use it for whatever purpose you want. And just, I mean, it does help because I mean, hell, I heard thoughts in here tonight that I didn't even think about, you know, yeah, like forming an LLC, possibly looking into things like that to where making it more profitable, even if it is something you're only doing for two years or three years or five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find the way to great. make the most that's money. What's, that's what's great about this uh, community is that we could, we have different markets, different perspectives. We've been doing it for different amounts of time. Right. And we have uh, different thoughts and ideas that work or don't work and we can kind of share them. And then we make it our own. You know, you watch a dad dash video and he's out in West Virginia. It's like, okay, I kind of understand what he did there in that video. And that Pedro guy is fucking crazy. I'm going to watch dad dash for a while. Right. And then I, you know, I'm going to watch this Chris guy. He's going to go to Thailand. What the hell is he doing over in, you know, and then you can come back and watch Pedro. Like, okay, well now what Pedro said makes a little sense. You got to take everything and kind of like put it in a little recipe and make it your own, make it what you like to eat. Right. Because what dad dash says all the time might not work for you. And what I say might not work for you. So I think that's a good point, Nick. You know, we, we get to pick off, pick and choose things that we hear from other people and make it our own. And that's, what's great about being an independent contractor, right? We don't have to listen to necessarily a boss telling us, Hey, I need you to do this report this way. Well, you know what? I could turn the apps on and learn how to navigate it in a different way. And that each app can be a little bit different. I think that's still a really great benefit. So Um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate all you guys for coming on. appreciate the chat. Um, Definitely look forward to having you gentlemen on a future panel. You guys had some great insight and I I really appreciate it. And you guys have a good rest of the night. See you, man. See you. Thank you. Have a good one. Kick me out. Like, hey, wait, 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 hold on. I got it. It takes me a minute. Go ahead. Did, you got something? Did, 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 uh, I know it's our topic. Did Judge get that dollar seventy five yet? No, I have not gotten a text message. I'm waiting. Still. Oh, and you know what? Listen, listen, listen. He's texting me about other stuff, but I have not yet to get the dollar seventy five <laughs> screenshot. And Vic, you know, when I get it, I'm making a video because I said I was, but I have. I'm, I'm waiting, bro. I'm waiting. <laughs> Hey, it's a, hey, I'll add to that $100 pie, baby. Hey, hey you know, I'm, hey. I'm waiting, man. Right, have a good <laughs> night, man. Thank you. <laughs> you too, bud. All right. Uh, great show tonight. You know, I didn't know what to expect when I decided to um, talk about this topic. Um, I knew that I was going to uh, – I knew some people weren't going to like it because a lot of full-timers watch this, and maybe they're not ready to have a conversation or – to be challenged in a way and, and to look at things differently. But that's, that's, that's what we got to do here. Sometimes. Um, I think for me, I always have to speak my mind, you know, this channel, 
<laughs> a new video every day. And I, I'm always talking about like what is on my mind, what's the topic, what's going on. And I'm seeing, you know, it's it's definitely a roller coaster with DoorDash, right? I've had some good weeks this year. I've had some slow weeks. Right now, I'm seeing oversaturation in St. Louis like I've never seen before. Um, I'm seeing a lot of new drivers. Uh, I'm seeing the apps continually to change and do some things. I'm also finding within myself, right, it's not quite as enjoyable. Not that it ever was enjoyable, but like going out, it's becoming more of a grind. So I'm getting to that point where I like, I've been doing this full time now for two and a half years. Okay. Which is a little longer than I have intended, but I'm still not where I want to be in other avenues to where I can just give up altogether. Right now I can work the apps less and less. I made 500 bucks this week, 511. That's not a lot of money, right? I could, I could make more, but I didn't, I only, I think I only had it on. Let me look it up right now. I think I had that. I think I worked 18 hours and I think I had it on for 21, something like that. So, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't give it a lot of my time. I didn't really, didn't work on Monday. I only worked four days and I, there were days I was like, I'm just going home. It's not great. I want to go spend time with my kid. I got other things going on. I had other things going on. And that's why I still really love the app as an opportunity, but definitely seeing that I'm going to have to, and I want us to continue to challenge ourselves and figure out all right, what, what could be the possible next move. And for many of you, if you're not having results, stop trying the same thing and expecting a different result. You might have a different app. You need to work. You might need to work that differently. You might need to go to a W2. And for all the independent gig economy hustlers that are out there putting themselves through school, uh, trying to pay down debt, um, if you're getting to the point where you're almost at your goal, hey, that's an awesome thing. Pat yourself on the back. You know, you've earned that, right? Um, and maybe you can still have them on as a part-time thing every once in a while if you need an extra whatever, to, you know, extra bill you need to pay or extra vacation. You want to go to Thailand like Chris out in Australia, like, that's what's great about the gig economy, but I stand by my thought of this is not sustainable long-term for the vast majority of you full-timers out there. And I think we're going to continue to see a trend of people becoming either increasingly more frustrated or year over year making less money or about the same. And if you're making about the same or less and inflation is going up, it's not going to be sustainable, right? Um, at least with other ways of money, if you could scale your own business, you could do a W-2 and maybe you get promotion or a raise or whatever. Um, maybe you have other passive ways of income to where, like I have th three passive incomes. So I can have, I know I have money coming in three different days of the month besides the four days of the month that I get paid from the gig economy apps, right? So if I have a $500 week, I'm not stressed about the finances because I know I, I'm getting paid tomorrow. I just got paid 10 days ago or nine days ago. I'll get paid again this coming up Tuesday, right? So you have to figure out how you can look at a tree of fruit and say, I don't want to just pick off the same fucking branch. I need to pick off an orange. I want my tree to have an apple limb. I want to have an apple. I want this. I want that. Like that is the game changer. It allows you to mentally just be a little more free and not worry Finances is a big issue for a lot of Americans, right? A lot of us. And when, you, when you're able to figure that out and manage your money better and have active or passive ways of making money besides just one way, it's a complete game changer with what you can do 
and how you can level up. So appreciate you all for being part of the convo. Um, I thought about doing a live food delivery, but man, I mean, we've been on live already for over three hours. So um, I don't think I'll be doing that. Maybe next week. Um, a couple things for you guys this week that are watching. And if you haven't hit the thumbs up, please consider hitting the thumbs up uh, before you guys leave. Um, but uh, Wednesday, so we do the motivational hour. If you're new here, every Wednesday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central, we have a motivational. Usually it's about 45 minutes or so, almost an hour uh, this week. We'll finally have the uh, Travis Thomas, the U.S. Men's National Soccer Team Leadership and Motivational Life Coach, will be on the show live. Um, I'm going to interview him about how he got that job, his journey in life. Um, you know, the Wednesday shows are not gig related. Sometimes I throw in little gig, you know, uh, analogies, but it's a place where you can come and get motivation, ask questions. We talk about life. We talk about, you know, things that I do, my successes, my failures, you guys share them. It's a place you can come and get some positive vibes before you're probably doing gig work or you're trying to do whatever you got going on that day. So he'll be on the show uh, for Eastern three central this coming Wednesday, Travis Thomas, the U S men's national soccer, one of the coaches. And they were just in Qatar. I think this past the world cup, like that was just a several, a few, a few months back. So he'll talk about that a little bit. Um, he's got a real cool life story. So, the Wednesdays are also designed where I'm trying to have maybe one person a month outside of the gig community that is a successful person, whether in business or in life or whatever. And I can come on, have them on a show and interview them and they can kind of share some, sh share their experiences on how they've gotten to where they're at. That's going to be a fun, really fun conversation. I'm looking forward to this coming Wednesday. So don't forget to check that. The, um, the stream is already set up. So if you go to my page, you'll see, I think if you click the live tab or you just scroll, it should say upcoming. There's a picture of me and there's a picture of him there. Go over there and check that out. The details of that for Wednesday. Um, that's what I got for tonight. Uh, it's been a good week. Um, continue to challenge yourself, guys. Like continue to push the realm of like possibility of what you could really do. These gig apps, man, they're going to continue to change and, if you want to do them forever, that's cool. But no, I think there's a price for that. Whether it's uh, you not being able to do other things you'd like to do as, as much, like there's going to be a cost. In any job, is there's a cost, right? But in the gig economy, man, I'm telling you, I, I think, and I hate to be like negative because I want to be positive, but I feel like so many people have come to this type of work, millions and millions and millions in just the last couple of years. I think we're going to, the long-term negative side effects of like being alone in your car, not walking around a lot, you're driving, driving. And then all, all these other things, man, the frustrations of the apps, not having protection and benefits. And there's a long-term effect to a lot of this kind of work. So just something to think about. Um, you guys are absolutely great. If you haven't hit the thumbs up, hit it on the way out. Appreciate all the panelists for coming in. Appreciate the chat. Sorry, I wasn't able to be as interactive, but that's how it is sometimes. Um, Y'all have a great day. Shout out to Bud Soto. I don't know if he fell asleep. I had to kick him because I think I think he was snoring. So, Bud Soto, we still love you. Don't beat yourself up. You're too hard on yourself, man. Um, what up, Glenn? How are you? Um, you guys have a great rest of your night on the East Coast. Or here, it's already midnight on the East Coast. The West Coast, it's, what, 10 o'clock? So, it'll be uh, midnight pretty soon. So, if you're going out tomorrow, be safe, hit your goals. But if you take nothing from this stream, just think about, you know, stop. 
let, let, let's try. Some of you may need to get out of the rat race of the every shift every day, just focusing on that particular day and figure out how do I think about just next week? And then how do I think about next month? And then can I think about next year a little bit differently? What am I working towards? Please, just one or two people can take anything of value from that. I've done my job tonight on YouTube. You guys are great. See you tomorrow.